are back. Sorta. This week on The Swearwolves, we discuss some of the conventions that we've attended over the last few months, as well as Halloween H2O, 20 years later. Welcome back to the Swearwolves. I'm Brett. I'm David. Is that is that how I started? I don't know. Is that how I used to start it? Welcome back to the Swearwolves. Welcome to the Swearwolves. Uh, who knows? It was so long ago. <laughs> well, anyway, welcome back to the Swearwolves. Hey, look at us. That didn't last long. It didn't. Three months. <laughs> yeah, almost exactly, it's been I think. Three months. It feels like it's been uh, shorter. Yeah. I was like, oh, it was already three months ago? It seems like we just recorded it. It did go by really fast, yeah. Yeah, we've been fuck. gone for an entire quarter. <laughs> uh, I want to. I want to first acknowledge that uh, people that follow us on social media. I guess you could call them fans. Uh, I don't like calling them fans because I don't feel like we deserve fans. <laughs> <laughs> We're unworthy of their love. I almost feel like they're just they're just people that we that we talk to friends. and we like listeners. Uh, yeah, friends. Listeners. Yeah, listeners. I want to thank the the positive reception from the listeners. I've gotten a few messages on social media, and I'm sure, David, maybe you have too, yeah. um, asking us when we're going to be back uh, and if if we could record uh, anytime soon and, you know, hey, you guys should do this movie uh, if you do come back or when you do come back. And then when we kind of soft announced that we we're going to do an episode yeah, uh, or come back, like a bunch of people were like, excited about it so i just wanted to acknowledge all those people yeah it was very nice it made me feel all warm and toasty inside it did however i want to uh set their expectations low (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna be yeah we're gonna be worse much worse (laughs) probably probably but i did also want to say like this is uh not gonna be a regular every monday type thing no yeah we're not gonna be doing a weekly show those days are done yeah, I just don't think we 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 can at this point. I, obviously, we could, but uh, I think right now it's kind of the reason why this came about was David and I. We do still talk, although this is the first <laughs> time like like verbally we've been talking to each other in a while. But we do still talk. Yeah, we text almost every day. Yeah, almost every day we t- we're texting about some bullshit or another. But uh, we were texting, and and one of us said to the other one oh yeah i've been thinking about it'd be nice to record an episode soon and the other one was like yeah me too i was thinking about the same thing <laughs> and then, and and then, then it was like within a me. couple of minutes it was just like so when do you want to record and it was like this weekend okay what movie do you okay, want to do what movie do you want to i do? don't know h2o <laughs> done yep yeah so uh it was pretty easy to convince us to do that but uh you know we were our plan was to, to record a couple episodes, I think, in October anyway, uh, just to kind of, because it's Halloween Tis the season. season. Yeah. yeah. 
Dude, I don't know about you. I've been feeling super Halloweeny lately. Like I decorated my house in August. That's how excited I've been. <laughs> and then I'm putting up my exterior stuff. By the time this episode comes out, my exterior stuff will mostly be up. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting this year. I I do feel very fall uh, like, and and part of that is because well, uh, in real time, yesterday was the fucking tomato bowl, David. I I think you saw. <laughs> I saw your post pictures about on that. Instagram on Instagram, which was a football game, uh, the two rival towns here. Now, now you know this, Chef Boyardee has a <laughs> factory in my town. Yeah. And, and Chef Boyardee himself, uh, Mr. Boyardee. <laughs> Mr. Boyardee, I've seen his house. He used to live right, his house is right down, his old house. I mean, he doesn't live there anymore. He did. <laughs> but his old house is right down the street, like within walking distance of my house. I've seen it. And uh, the reason why he moved the factory out here is because there's like a lot of tomato fields, I guess. Hmm. And so uh, he would use those tomatoes back in the day to uh, make his product. And so they were close. So I guess that's where the tomato bowl comes from is because these two rival towns. So when I'm eating SpaghettiOs, it's made from delicious Pennsylvania tomatoes, at least once a time. I don't know if it is anymore. Um, that's true, because the factory's not there, right? It's probably not even made from tomatoes anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's more made like of the stuff. It's just like whatever you think yeah. it is, that's what it is. <laughs> However, uh, so they had that last night, and uh, we're sitting there watching the game, and uh, the sun went down. I had to put a hoodie on. And this morning I woke up, David, it was like 49 degrees outside. Oh, my God. It was amazing. And then we went to, they had the uh, harvest festival in our town and we went down to the parade because both of our kids were in it. Uh, my daughter is a cheerleader and my son's in the marching band and we're down at the harvest festival and it's really nice. It was 73 degrees outside, blue sky. Oh, it was amazing, David. I'm jealous. It's been warm here, we- although it's, it's cooling off. And it's funny, I just noticed as you were talking about how nice it's been, I was like, I forgot I have the AC cranked in this room. I'm going to turn it off here in a second because I can probably hear it. But we're <laughs> oh, almost yeah, at the part of the year where I can I can roll back on the AC, which would be nice. Yeah. So we were able to actually turn off the AC in the house, uh, which is nice, and open up the windows because, you know, I mean, with a high of 73, you can just open up the windows and have a fucking day out of it. Oh, I'm jealous. So, yeah. So this made me feel very fall-like. However... I haven't started decorating the exterior yet. My wife has put up little drips and drabs, but she has boxes of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I still got a bunch of stuff in the garage that's going to go out. But yeah, super Halloweeny. I've been listening to like nonstop like Halloween type music. Like every time my wife and I get in the car, she's like, "Ugh, what movie is this song from?" And I'll be like, "Well, this is from Return of the Living Dead." Thanks for noticing. Uh, I, I find myself listening to that shit even off peak off season, oh yeah i listen you know? to it all year uh i listen to a lot of the the halloween or not halloween horror movie scores throughout the year uh especially when i'm at work i think i've said this multiple multiple times before but i like listening to instrumental music to help me concentrate yeah if I it's got that. lyrics i end up thinking about the lyrics and going that's fucking dumb <laughs> <laughs> you know so- hey, speaking of dumb songs uh, you know the song i was thinking about the other day i don't know if you ever heard this song when you were a kid like it's usually something like parents or teachers will say to uh kids when they like complain about some shit uh-huh. and they're like nobody likes me everybody, everybody hates, hates me, me. i'm gonna like, go eat no worms, worms. <laughs> yeah what the fuck's up with that fucking song? Yeah, why the fuck would you eat worms? <laughs> Big fat juicy ones and itty bitty 
squirmy ones, uh, skinny ones, or whatever the fuck the lyrics are. Dude, if no I one think, likes uh, you and everyone hates you, that sounds like a you problem. Why don't you work on yeah. some social skills? Yeah, maybe it's because you're eating fucking worms. Yeah, nobody wants to be friends <laughs> with a fucking worm eater. Yeah, worm breath. Hey, uh, do you guys talk to Pete over there? No, he's a fucking worm eater. Oh, yeah, he's God. got worm bits stuck betwixt his teeth. It's disgusting. So, hey, guys, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Sick. <laughs> fucking uh, Pete. There was a guy who ate worms in a movie once. Yeah. The Lost Boys. Remember that fucking oh, movie? Oh, yeah. Just noodles. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyway, songs. We are talking about Halloween-y. Yeah. Very Halloween-y. Yeah, it's the best time of year. And that's why I think we picked this movie, H2O. Yes. I don't want to get into the movie quite yet. So back to the expectations. Um, whenever we want to talk about yes, shit. Yes, exactly. We will release a new episode whenever we feel like it. And right now we felt like it. <laughs> but these episodes might be longer than they traditionally were. Although sometimes we weren't really confined to a time frame on yeah. uh, the old episodes. And watch this will end up being a very short episode. Yeah, it'll be like 14 minutes. All right. Well, <laughs> well bye-bye now. <laughs> uh, yeah, our episode will probably be longer than Halloween H2O is. That movie's only 86 minutes. That's a pretty long. short movie. It was like an hour and 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's brisk. Before we get into that, David, uh, convention updates. Yeah, we've done some stuff since we've been off. We've done some stuff since the last time. So when we signed off temporarily it was in june uh the beginning of july was mad monster in phoenix how'd that go dude it was awesome mad monster phoenix um is i i was disappointed that i couldn't go i was also disappointed that you couldn't go <laughs> it was it's one of my favorite shows to go to it's such a nice show i i love sitting at the bar area um and seeing all the yeah because you never know guests. who's gonna walk up and start talking to you yeah, yeah it's pretty cool so it is pretty cool. but And uh, it's also good when the AC is working. There's been a couple of years that we've gone where the AC hasn't fuck. worked the first day or like they're still trying to cool down the convention hall and it's fucking hot as shit in there. But uh, this time yeah. around, I got it figured out. It was actually very nice uh, the whole weekend. Nice. Um, awesome. So I got there a little bit early. Uh, the headlining guest was Robert England. And uh, we both, you know, we've met him a couple of times, but we both had things that we had acquired uh, since the last time we saw him that we wanted to get signed. So I had a VIP pass that got me in like an hour early. So I got there early even for that because I knew like most of the people that were early were going to go to him first. And, you know, having met him a couple of times, you know, Robert is very chatty and his line, even if it's short, it's going to be a while, uh, which is really cool when you're the person that's talking to him. Not so much when you're, <laughs> you know, 100 people back and the line just yeah. seemingly never moves. Um, so I got there a little bit early. I actually counted. I was the 12th person in line uh, for Robert England. But what I did not know was they had imposed a two-item limit per person. Yikes. And I had brought two items for myself, and I had one item for you. And I was like, yes. well, I'm going to take care of me first. <laughs> well, Brett's, Brett's gets tossed aside. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. No, so I talked to, uh, there were some people uh, near me that I was kind of feeling. I was like, hey, how many things are you getting signed? How many are you getting signed? And I happened to find these people that were, I think they were like right behind me. They were only getting one item. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, if I slip you the cash, can you get this signed from my buddy? And they're like, yeah, no problem. So awesome. that was cool. So I went up to him. Um, I had him sign a... Um, record sleeve for this score to freddy versus jason which the artwork is really really cool uh he you know took a couple minutes to like remark on how much he likes that artwork and stuff which was now cool. is the artwork on that one 
is it it's not like in the movie poster where it's like uh, Jason on one side, Freddy on the other, and they're facing each other? Yes and no. It is, but it's not the same as the poster. It's not like a profile. It's like a full body of each of them. And it's like an old, like, 30s-style boxing-type flyer-looking nice. thing. Uh, nice. It was really cool. And I had gotten uh, Ken Kersinger to sign that um, at Monster Palooza, I think. And he'd, like, you know, put, like, a little bubble out of his mouth, like, talking shit to Freddy. Uh, so then Robert England did the same thing on his side. So it's kind of cool that they're both like yelling at each other. And then awesome. um, I do have a Freddy versus Jason original poster. So I had Robert sign that. And same thing. They're both like talking shit like through little bubbles, which was kind of cool. Um, did you meet uh, this is off topic yeah. here, but did you meet Doug Tate? I did. I yeah. Mean, did you have him sign? The next person the... I met. Oh, OK. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I had him sign a couple of stuff. Um, but um robert was supposed to be at monster palooza also with ken kersinger but got covid and canceled like the day of the show like i found out about while i was in la and people i probably mentioned this uh people were recorded people were losing their fucking minds they were like i drove all the way out or blah 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 and at the time i was like well i've already met him and he's going to be in arizona like i wasn't even planning on meeting him anyway so but i did talk to him about that he said he was feeling a lot better good but fuck that shit because I remember we went to Ohio for Horror Hound uh, last year, and we were supposed to meet. Oh, that's right, Richard was, Masser. Yeah, 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 and he got sick. Like we were at the airport when we found out. <laughs> yeah, he got COVID. And guess what? Our reaction was. Our reaction wasn't like, "Oh fuck that, we traveled all this way." No, our reaction was like, "God, I really hope he gets yeah, better. Don't and doesn't die. Fucking die. Uh, I hope you feel better, buddy." Because guess what? Robert England isn't a young guy. And old people, when they get COVID, no offense, Robert England, but older people, when they get COVID. Yeah, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. <laughs> but he said he was feeling a lot better. By the way, the thing that the thing that I got signed uh, was a Nightmare on Elm Street 4 one sheet, which David so graciously got a billion people also at um, uh, oh, Monster right. Palooza to sign. Yeah. Yeah, but you were missing like the, the biggest person of all, really. So, uh, And yeah. fortunately, you had saved prime real estate like dead center on the poster so he signed there he even did the doodle uh that he did on my poster too he drew you a little freddy uh face which was cool something that was funny was while i was waiting for robert england i was probably you know still five four or five people back all of a sudden i hear uh, they had him in a completely different room so he was off aside from all the other guests and mm. i hear like a creak of the door behind me and i hear somebody yell out fuck you freddy freddy's a bitch and I turn around and it's Kane Hodder. Yes. And, uh, and then uh, Robert England stands up. He goes, get the hell out of here, Kane, you fucking poor-ass swimming little bitch. Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> poor-ass swimming little bitch. That's pretty Good funny. rapport. I, I, it's too bad that Kane Hodder wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it is a bummer. No offense. Uh, Ken, Ken Kersinger did a fine job. He's a huge guy. He's a big but, dude. Um, um, it would have been nice had it been Kane Hodder. It would have been versus, cool. Uh, Missed opportunity. Oh, well. Yeah. But anyway, um, so after Robert England, I went to Doug Tate. Um, I had him sign a couple of things. So I had him sign my Friday the 13th uh, mask uh, because mm-hmm. he yeah did some stunt work in Freddy vs. Jason, right? Yeah, he was the he was Jason. Yeah, at the end like, of the movie. Most prominently, he's the end Coming Jason out of the water. comes out with right. Freddy's head, yeah. And then he also signed uh, my Michael Myers mask because he did some stunt mm-hmm. work in the Halloween Um, and i said that to him and he said what i said that's my impression of jason muse 
doing the Halloween music, but thinking that it's Friday the 13th. And you're like, oh, of course. <laughs> oh, now that you say it, it makes complete sense. Uh, but he was really nice. He also very tall, taller than I thought he would be. Yeah. Not, not skinny though, tall, right? But still tall. Yeah, he was a little, uh, eh. He's bigger than me, but yeah, slender well, building, yeah. I suppose. Skinny. Oh, thanks, Biden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was really cool. And then after him, I talked to Bill Mosley, who we've met a thousand times. He was cool, as always. Uh, he signed my original uh, House of a Thousand Corpses poster, um, mm-hmm. which uh, I did not have uh, prior to this. I mean, we've met him so many times. Do you think he's like, I, I think I've seen this fucking guy before. Maybe, probably. I'm sure he's like recognized. Maybe, us. maybe not. I mean, I know they see a lot of people, so I'm not saying like they got to remember our names and be like, hey, buddy. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I know like sometimes people come up to me or I see people out and about and I'm like, I fucking know that person I know that from face. somewhere. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've seen them or, oh yeah, that was the dental assistant <laughs> at the place that I fucking go to the dentist at. That, you know, and I only saw them once, but I feel like I've seen them before. Yeah. We meet this guy. So many times. I've lost So count. many times. Like Bill Mosley, but I, even, well, I guess Robert England, I've just have, I was going to ask you, how much shit do you have signed by Robert England at this point? A, a lot. lot. A lot of shit. A lot. Me too. Like I was just trying to count in my head. I mean, I got, I think I got four, I think I have four things signed by him at this point. Because the good thing about Robert England is even if you don't meet him in person, you can send away for that shit. And that guy is really good about signing stuff and getting it sent back. I've probably got him on like 10 things, maybe. I don't know. I got him on a lot of shit. Uh, But then, uh, so Bill Mosley, he signed my original House of a Thousand Corpses one sheet, which I did not have when the many times we met Sid Haig. So unfortunately, I'll never be able to get Sid on that one, which is a bummer. But that is a cool poster. And then Mm -hmm. um, after Bill, I talked to Tom Atkins. Uh, This was kind of funny. So I walked up to Tom. And he had just gotten back. Like, it was one of those things where I saw him walking back to his table. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to kind of low-key stalk him and walk slowly behind him and just be like, oh, hey, welcome back, Tom. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was sucking on a blue lollipop while (laughs) I was talking to him. (laughs) And I think I mentioned in a previous episode, like, the last time I saw Tom, I completely forgot to bring my Escape from New York poster. So that was all I had Mm -hmm. him sign. So he signed that for me. And then um, I showed him, I was like, hey... Like, I'm a big fan. We've met a bunch of times. Um, I wanted to show you the license plate on my car, uh, which says Thrill Me, which he got a, a kick out of that. Uh, uh, that was kind of cool. And then he yeah. told me that he's going to be at Halloween 45, uh, which at the time he had not been announced as a guest yet. So I was like, oh, I got special inside information from Tom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then uh, I got a photo with him. And then it was like, and then afterwards he like smiled at me and he's like, hey, are my teeth blue? And I was like, no, your teeth look good, Tom. He's like, all right, cool. <laughs> Such a cool guy. Oh, dude, I love that guy. He's one of my favorites. Any guy who can touch my sweaty back and just, and not, and only reaction be like, God, it's really sweaty in here. It's really hot in here, huh? Yeah, your back is sweaty. And I'm like, you oh, yes. swimming? <laughs> they say it's a dry heat, you're but who you're knows? damp, buddy. <laughs> uh, and then after Tom, I talked to uh, Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. might have been, probably was the surprise of the show as far as like who I enjoyed talking to. He was just awesome. And when I walked up, uh, I was wearing a uh, a gatekeeper 
shirt that looks uh, it's from fright rags but it's it's basically like the motorhead logo but it says gatekeeper and then it says zool and it's got like a so it's like a ghostbusters kind of low-key ghostbusters shirt and he was like dude that shirt is awesome where did you get it and i told him and he's like can i take a picture of it so he took a picture of of my shirt and then i was wearing a hat and he's like what's what's your hat uh saying and it was a mr bungle hat and i was like oh it's the band mr bungle and he was like are you a Mike Patton fan? And I was like, oh my God, yes. And he's like, let me show you something, dude. And he takes out his phone. He's like, this is what I was listening to like just this morning. And it was a Mr. Bungle song. So nice. we talked for like several minutes uh, about like uh, various bands and stuff. Uh, he just seemed super cool and like very down to earth and just like a very normal, regular guy. I could have I talked to that guy like all day. He was awesome. By the way, that's like my biggest fear. Um, is wearing a hat of something that I enjoy, but I don't know a lot of. And then someone going, oh, hey, are you a fan? Like, if I wear a fucking, you know, uh, 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 a New York Yankees hat. Like, who's your favorite like, player? Oh, the Yankees. <laughs> Babe Ruth. What do you, what do you think about uh, that play that Judge did the other day? And I'll be like, oh, I don't have the fucking slightest idea who you're talking about. See, I'd just lie and be like, oh, yeah, it was incredible. I wet my <laughs> pants and I had a boner the whole time. Still do. Yeah. Boy, it, it really hurts when you have a boner in your pee. Yeah, you got to do the Michael Jackson lean. <laughs> or else you get piss all over the floor, am I right? And he's like, um, you gotta, you gotta, too much you gotta information. Be a smooth criminal. <laughs> oh, I was just asking you about the fucking Yankees. Ah, <laughs> uh, Shaman. Um, uh, 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 Russ Marquand. Uh, I think it was right after that you sent me, or maybe it was right before that you sent me a video of him doing various impersonations yeah. of. Uh, famous people uh, that guy very talented extremely like really really good at celebrity impressions like some of the best ones i've ever Spot heard Spot like, on and then he would uh, every once in a while at the show he would take the mic like if they had an announcement coming up about like a photo op or a panel and he would talk like as a different celebrity about like yeah it was awesome you would just do different voices and stuff but he signed my walking dead uh pinball translate Funny because his character in Walking Dead was one of the characters I fucking hated the most. You're not an Aaron <laughs> like I hated fan? his fucking I hated his fucking metal hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was super cool. Uh, and then after him, I talked to John Carroll Lynch, uh, who's been in you know, tons of stuff. Fargo. He was Zodiac. a Zodiac killer. Yeah, maybe was he? Well, we'll never know. <laughs> um, but his no, I was, think like he, in real life, he's the Zodiac, <laughs> he's Zodiac killer. <laughs> Uh, he was really nice. And what's funny is he signed the same pinball trans. Like he's in exactly one episode of the walking dead, but he's pretty prominent in it. And he's like, yeah, a, he's got a good character. Yeah. Yeah. He, he really that, does. That's a good episode. Eastman, I think was the character's name. But what was funny was when he was signing it uh, he, before he signed, it, he was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. You got so many good signatures on this. This is awesome. And then he proceeds to sign it and his paint pen exploded all over it. Oh, fuck. And he was like, Oh shit. Oh shit. And his assistant was like, Hey, I think I can fix this. I can clean this. So he like stepped aside and then she started like working on it. And he was just pacing back and forth like a nervous parent at the hospital. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What was, was like, your reaction? I was just like, you know, it is what it is. Like it's, sucks but like i got a story now like if people ask yeah. like what the fuck happened i can tell them um but it actually cleaned up really nicely which was cool so crisis averted but uh he was Good. he was cool and that was it for night one and then i went back the next day day two i only went for one person uh cassandra peters uh, peterson uh, elvira was there elvira and she was i think i was like 15th in line for her uh same thing vip got in a little bit early but she was like an hour late so i i was standing there forever but, you know, we've met her a couple times before, too, and mm -hmm. she was very nice, as always. And she signed my um, NECA signature edition uh, Elvira figure. 
So you have two signatures from her on that figure. Yeah, then, one inside the box and then edition. one on the outside of the box. <laughs> we'll never know if the signature's on the inside, nope. though, because we're never going to open, open it. It'll lose its value. <laughs> Cassandra. Uh, and then that was it for day two. Uh, like I said, just the one person on day two. And then for the third day, um, the, the headlining guest was Rain Wilson. And he, I think I mentioned Dwight. in the previous episode, they like pre-sale, they pre-sold his signatures. So you had to buy a ticket to get him, which worked out to be fantastic because I literally just walked right up to him and just yeah. showed the assistant like a QR code or something. Um, yep. He was really, really friendly. I was kind of interested about him because I wasn't sure because, you know, sure he's done horror stuff, but I mean, he's pretty famous for The Office. So I was like, is he going to be yeah. snobby? Is he going to be like, I'm better than all this? But he seemed mm-hmm. like he was having a gas. Like he was laughing with everybody. Yeah. He like reached out and shook my hand a couple times. Um, just couldn't have been nicer. And he signed my House of a Thousand Corpses poster uh, as well. And I also have like an old uh, reprint poster that does have Sid Haig on it. So I had him sign that one as well. Um, but he was really nice. Yeah. And he That's was the awesome. only Fish guest boy. that I got on day three. And then it was just panels. So then I did the Robert England panel, which was cool. He always has you know tons of great stories. Um, I did the Rain Wilson uh, panel, uh, which was also cool. And he talked about some of his history. He talked about House of, House of a Thousand Corpses and how much you know he enjoyed doing that film. He talked about how he got the office gig, which was kind of crazy. Uh, he, he just kind of mm-hmm. fell into it because uh, he was going to do a pilot for a Janine Garofalo show or something that got canceled before okay. it even got picked up. And that like gave him the opportunity to do the office. And then the last panel was that I did was Ross Marquand, and he did all sorts of voices and uh, also just very inspiring, like his story, like very humble beginnings, like grew up poor. Um, his parents were like depressed all the time, and he would do impressions to entertain and to like make his parents laugh and smile. And then he got oh, the acting cool. bug when he got the part uh, in a church play, and it was like one line, and he fucked it up, and everyone in the audience laughed. And he like <laughs> loved it, the, the laughter. So then he started like working on his voices and doing stuff like he was in Boy Scouts and he would do impressions like around the campfire and stuff. And then uh, he talked about how when he was in L.A., he was like $120,000 in debt, just working Joe jobs for, for nothing. He was like participating in medical studies just to get like oh, Jesus. just to make ends meet. And um, he had tried out. Uh, he had auditioned for The Walking Dead, I think, two times and had been rejected each time and it basically told his agent he was done he's like i'm quitting acting i'm gonna go get a real job uh (laughs) and then he got called back one more time they're like the walking dead wants you to audition once more and he was like i don't even want to do it but whatever he said he did it and then as soon as it was over he's like nope bombed it didn't get it and then he got the call that he got the gig well that's awesome yeah pretty cool good for him yeah but that was it for the show um yeah Mad Monster is always a good one, and it's so close to my house, which is awesome. It's like 15 minutes away. Yeah, that's that's even better. Yeah. It's even better. Maybe I'll go next year. I don't you know. Should. We'll see. Consider it's it. fucking hot. It's fucking hot. <laughs> it is, and Arizona. it's always in July, because I think that's yeah, probably when the, the rental uh, is cheap. 51, I think it was 51 days of 110 plus degrees like in uh, Arizona. Yeah, we set a record. Yeah. Woo. Yay. <laughs> Our shitty city is in the record book. <laughs> Yay. Uh, you got coming up Halloween 45. That's at the end of this month. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be like this weekend or next weekend. It's um, September 30th and October 1st. So if you're in the Pasadena yeah. or LA area, come say hello. Say happy birthday to David. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. Dude, I got to try that because the first day of the show is my actual birthday. 
So if yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis or somebody shows up, I should be like, oh, Miss Curtis, could you sign my pinball glass Dude, for my you better birthday? Hope, you better hope Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't show up. She's not going to show up. She's too busy picketing. Maybe, but if she shows She's up, it's going to change my entire game plan and strategy for you're, the whole for that day's weekend. fucked. Yeah, the whole day, your whole day's fucked. Same thing with if uh, if Carpenter shows up. Eh, Carpenter, it's like I don't know. I feel like his line would John move Carp- fast, but you'd have to. Mm-hmm. It still would be super long and probably capped. Dude, actually, if John Carpenter shows up, I say skip John Carpenter and just go do all the other shit that you want to do because those lines are going to be less. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that'll you know be the, I mean? the positive. I went to the New Jersey Horror Con back in August. Um, I guess it was just about a month ago, which was in Edison, New Jersey. Uh, they do a couple of these uh, New Jersey Horror Cons uh, down in Atlantic City. I went to that one uh, yeah. earlier this year. And these are smaller shows, which is kind of nice because not as many people. Yeah. And they're guests that aren't like, you know, there's no Robert England that shows up there. Right, so, yeah. They don't have any like super... You know, popular Huge like names. yeah, where yeah. you're gonna wait in crazy ass lines. No, and uh, this was you know they had the two people that I went to go meet were uh, Shavar Ross and Tiffany Helm who were in Friday Thirteenth Part Five. Well, you're not gonna see those people at a lot of other conventions, but they're gonna be at conventions like this, which is why I like going to these small ass conventions sometimes, is because you're gonna get people that it's like oh fuck, get some of those harder to find, yeah, a little more obscure characters, yeah. And they don't do, Shavar Ross uh, doesn't do a lot of, or historically hasn't done a lot of conventions up until this point, but I'll talk about him in a second, but he did tell me that he was going to be doing more of these. Good. Um, which is which is nice. Um, yeah, I mean, he probably realizes there's some good money in it. Yeah. And that movie's coming up on 40 years in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Tiffany Helm. Uh, very nice. She was the, well, when I first got there, okay, so it was out in Edison, New Jersey, about a two, two and a half hour drive for mm-hmm. me. I left on a Friday. It was right after work. I took a couple hours uh, and left right after work. And I drove out there by myself. And I was having a really shitty couple of weeks at work. And this was just what the doctor ordered? It was. And the entire drive out there, I didn't think about work at all. So nice. It was so nice, and the weather was so nice. And your brain just, just floated nice... right out of your head, and then you crashed into a tree. <laughs> and I crashed. <laughs> As I crashed, my brain floated out of my head. Um, but no, it was just nice because I was just like listening to a podcast uh, that I listened to, uh, which uh, I'll, I'll <clears> the Swearwolves. <throat> I'll plug them here. I think I've talked about them before. Best movies never made. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, great podcast to listen to. Uh, actually, the documentary that they just did is on Shudder, and it's called um, Shark Exploitation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that advertised on Shudder, but uh, it's uh, Josh Miller and Steven Scarlatta are the two guys that host this podcast, and they put together this Shark Exploitation, which talks about shark movies. It's a pretty good documentary, but their their podcast is really good. So I was just listening to that. And just kind of zoning out while you drive, you know, I was right. still paying attention to what I was doing. And it was just kind of nice because I just forgot about work. That's the for best. For those two plus hours or whatever. And I get out there and Jersey Mike is out there with his sister, Christina, and they were waiting for me at the entrance. Oh, that's cool. And got to talk to them for a little while and, and do the rounds with them. Uh, they came around with me while I got uh, the signatures on our part five posters. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. I went up to Tiffany Helm and uh, got 
uh, uh, talked to her for a little while. Did you do the robot dance at her? You're like, hey, remember remember no. when you did this in that movie? Remember? <sighs> yeah. It's like, yeah. So yeah. I, I did want to ask her a, a legit question that I always have, which was what was the song that was the actually actual playing song? on set? Yeah, not the In His Eyes or whatever. Yeah. Because I'm sure it wasn't that. Pseudo echo. No no do you remember? Do you remember when we went to Vegas and we were coming back home and we were talking about that yeah. song and it fucking played on the radio? <laughs> yes, that's right. It did. The only it time that song on- has ever been played on the radio ever. <laughs> that was fucking weird. It was fucking weird because we were talking about it. Um, I think that was the that was the Alice Cooper trip. Yeah, so we kept singing uh, "Man Behind the Mask" and making filthy, filthy lyrics. Yes. I think we did the same uh, thing with the pseudo echo song too, right? <laughs> I like it. So. There's a man with a dick in his hand. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then we were driving home, and I think it was on First Wave on uh, on uh, Sirius XM, and uh, the, that's what I had the station on, and that song fucking came on. I'm like, what the fuck? Anyhow. What are the odds? The odds are zero percent that that would ever happen. <laughs> uh, so I didn't, but I didn't ask her that because not that she wasn't nice; she was very nice. It was just kind of, you know, how sometimes you meet you people and you're it. like, yeah, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It read doesn't the room. feel right. Like this isn't the time. No, nope, I'm just gonna have her sign this, and uh, we'll call it a day. That's like when I met so, Danielle Harris. Like very nice, but I was like, I could just tell. I was like, nah, I'm not gonna get super chatty. Like she's got no. there's a line and. I think she was having an issue like with like a card reader. I don't know. It's like, I'm just going to be fairly transactional yeah. on this one, but you know, still nice. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's right. I remember that. That was at creepy con. Yeah. But, uh, so we went, uh, I went then over to Shavar Ross. Okay. Shavar Ross, not that he was n- not, like I said, not that Tiffany Helm wasn't nice, but he was probably the most personable and the nicest person. I could see that. Besides just being like a, a celebrity, right? He was one of the nicest people that I have talked to in a long time in person, at least. And I went over there and to be honest with you, it's it sounds kind of so fucking corny, but I'm just going to put this out there. So I was just so like having such a rough time at work and just really like down on myself and all this other kind of shit and talking to him just made me feel so much better. Dude, that's the best. And I was telling my wife about this and I was like, you know, he doesn't know that that had such an impact on me, but it did. And it almost was like, he was like, I, I I don't want to say this to sound like kind of a weirdo or something like that, but he's one of those guys who like, if I saw him at another convention, he'd be like, Hey, I remember you. Right. Like he, He's just very personable. He was talking to me about, um, so when he was signing our posters, he noticed that I had Richard Young on there. And uh, he goes, oh, he doesn't do a lot of conventions. And I said, yeah, I just. That was Chiller Theater, right? Is that where you got him? It was Chiller Theater. Yeah. I said, it was a convention right up here. He goes, oh, at this convention? I go, no, it was. I go, I don't know where it was at. It goes in New Jersey, but I don't know. I go, I'm not from New Jersey. He goes, oh, where are you from? And I said, Pennsylvania. He goes, I'm going to be in Pennsylvania. He pulls out his phone. He goes, I have this other convention. He goes, do you know where this place is? And uh, it's, um, it was near Allentown, Pennsylvania. Okay. And I, but it was, it's kind of a hard town to pronounce. Like there's a lot of these fucking towns in Pennsylvania <laughs> that you look at. I mean, Arizona is the same way too. Like if you're not from there, you're just like, huh? What's the yeah, name a of lot this place? Of weird, a lot of Spanish. Yeah. So he, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's near Allentown. He goes, is that near where you live? And I said, no, it's about 
You're like, do you know Chef Boyardee? <laughs> I live right down the street yeah, from, like, from the chef. Uh, do you know the hamburger helper, Mitt? <laughs> uh, I live down the street from him as well, coincidentally. <laughs> they don't get along, Chef Boyardee and hamburger helper guy, but FYI. Betty Crocker? Yeah, she's a bitch. <laughs> she's a whore. <laughs> She's not a whore. She's just a slut. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. I don't want to slut shame. <laughs> uh, she's very she, free with uh, her body. She's free with her body, yeah. With a lot of people. Yep. So he's like, oh, is this close to where you live then? And I said, well, it's closer than this is, but not by much. <laughs> because Allentown's like really just across the border from from New Jersey. And so, uh, so we got to talking. He's like, oh. Uh, and then I, I think I had mentioned how I had your poster and you're from Arizona. And I was like, but that's where I used to live. And he's like, oh, okay, well, what made you move here? Like the typical things right, that people yeah, ask. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you don't have any family or friends? <laughs> and I was like, nope. He goes, so you just picked a map and just pointed at a place and you're like, yep, this is where we're this moving. Where and I, I go, now. kind of. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, that's amazing. And uh, so we start talking about that. And he was like, not that he kind of did that too, but he moved away from like the big city and he lives up in like Northern California, like in the rural area. Oh, okay. And so we were talking about that. And then I uh, said that I originally lived in Wisconsin and then he was talking about, he he's from New York city. And so we just started talking and then he was like, I used to, he said that, um, you know, he lived in Burbank or Glendale. I don't remember where in California, but I was like, oh yeah, I lived in Glendale for like two. He goes, you've lived everywhere. <laughs> I was like, well, not really, but I've lived in a lot of places that you've lived. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, or not lived, but been, been to. And so uh, we start talking about that, but it was just so personable and there wasn't a line behind him. So I was cool with just That's talking awesome. to him for a while. Yeah. And then all of a sudden somebody came. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to take away time from your time. So yeah. we said our goodbyes, but he was just such a nice guy. So friendly took, uh, obviously took picture with me and, um, just like, he was like, is that picture? Okay. Are you okay with that picture? And I was like, yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> Are my teeth blue? You're like, yes, no, Mr. Atkins. No, Tom, you just look like you just blew a Smurf. It's okay. <laughs> He's all perfect. Perfect. Um, so after that, uh, walked around, saw some of the other celebrities that were there. Uh, yeah, they had uh, most of the cast, except for Chris Sarandon, uh, who was like, his, something happened with his flight. So he was oh, like, okay. I was going to say, because yeah, he does a lot of conventions, but a bunch of people from Fright Night. Yeah. Like Amanda Bierce was yeah. there. Um, you know, everybody who's still alive pretty much uh, from Fright Night was there. William Ragsdale, uh, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Jeffrey. Yeah. Jeffrey, whatever. Stephen Jeffries. Stephen Jeffries. Thank you. Uh, there's a bunch, bunch of people from there. And hey, speaking uh, of Stephen Jeffries, I just watched nine, seven, six evil the other day. You ever seen that? Uh, no. God damn. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> Starring Stephen Jeffries directed by Robert England. Shitty movie. Uh, yeah, I've heard. I think I've heard Robert England say it was a shitty movie. Dude, as I was watching, it, I was like, God damn, this is right around when you and I were kind of talking about doing another episode. It's like, I can't believe I'm watching this for fucking leisure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was i started watching troll 2 the other day uh with with my <laughs> kids like, what, the hell are we doing with our lives for leisure yeah <laughs> they wanted to watch it though they because i've told them how it's the most awful movie oh. like pretty much ever made and uh they, they they agreed yeah i watched death spa earlier this week i'm like <laughs> why the fuck like we're not doing the podcast i should be watching good movies when am i watching trash <laughs> 
so after that jersey mike uh his sister and i we just did the rounds with the vendors um like i said there was other celebrities there uh but you were gonna send me i think your part five nightmare on elm street part five poster to have um what's her name from people under the stairs oh, Kelly yes, Joe yes, yes yeah she was there and I saw her, and the line wouldn't have been long. You son of a bitch. <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't, well, I, I kind of <laughs> so knew that right. her line wouldn't have been long. But it was just kind of like one of those things like, hmm. I don't know. I, I was kind of glad because I didn't want to sit there the whole show and just get a bunch of signatures. I just right. kind of wanted to walk around and stuff. So we did a lap and then he, he and his sister, Jersey Mike and his sister left. And I was like, I'll do one more lap. And I just kind of leisurely walked around and looked at stuff. I didn't nice. buy anything. I think I bought my sister, uh, my sister, oh, uh, my wife. <laughs> I was thinking about Jersey Mike was there with his sister, but anyway, I bought my wife some, um, gibbets for her crocs <laughs> oh these, nice you know what fucking do you know what gibbets are i do yeah it's yeah. like a way to like kind of bedazzle your crocs right yeah yeah so i bought her some ornament. of those yeah little croc ornaments i bought her like uh they smell like, like feet michael myers and ghost face and nice. shit like that that's awesome so yeah typical vendors that you see at, at all these shows but you know there's some good stuff and i will say this about new jersey uh good prices on stuff oh, that's good uh from like when the, when you talk about like used action figures and, yeah priced uh, right vhs tapes and stuff like that they had pretty good prices nothing that i really wanted to but uh yeah so that was pretty much it and then i Drove home, stopped at White Castle along the way. Mm, delicious. It was like the perfect day. <laughs> it does sound like the perfect day. That's what I'm looking forward That's to awesome. with uh, the California one coming up, the Halloween show. Like, yeah, I need some, I need some David time. It's going to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're not going out there just by yourself, though. No, my you? wife's going with me, which is also, yeah. well, we'll see how that goes for her. <laughs> but she's like, it's your birthday. I don't want you. Cause I was like, you don't have to go. I can just go by myself. She's like, I don't want you being alone on your birthday. I wanted to go to that one too. And, and, and I wish I could have, it's just the flight. If the flight wasn't so expensive, yeah, I, I would, I would go with you, but it's just to fly out there. I mean, you know what it's like. You, I'm sure there's conventions out here that you're like, yeah, I would love to go to those conventions and meet up with me, you know? Um, but yeah, but just sometimes just logistically. Much. And then you think about like, yeah. well, how much money am I going to spend at the show? Like, and this is one, oh, the fuck. Halloween show. I don't even <laughs> want to think I'm going to, oh, I'm going to drop a lot of money at that show. <laughs> Too bad interest rates. Too bad interest rates are so high because I'd have to mortgage, <laughs> refinance my <laughs> house. I'll, I'll probably have to tell my wife to like go walk away for a little bit. Like, I don't want you like pay no attention to like how much money is coming out of my wallet uh, this weekend. Yeah. Speaking of which, October 13th, uh, speaking of spending money, October 13th is going to be coming up, which is a Friday, the 13th. Oh, my dun, dun, God. Dun. And that's uh, Monster Mania in Hunt Valley, Maryland is that weekend. There's actually a lot of shows going on that weekend near me. There is, because there's also the famous Monsters show in King of Prussia that same weekend. Yeah, Sean S. Cussingham. Cunningham's going to be there. Um, but I'm not going to be able to go to that one. Now, King of Prussia... Uh, if that one, I, it's like two and a half hours from my house. But the problem is, is I already have my V, excuse me, my VIP passes for monster mania. Right. And so I'm going down to there and then, uh, that's like two and a half hours away. And then from, uh, Hunt Valley, Maryland to King of Prussia is like two and a half hours. So it'd be like this huge triangle that I'd be making. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't feel like just driving all just day for, just to go for to, one person. One, one, one signature. Yeah. However, Corey, Corey Feldman, 
is going to be at at the Hunt Valley Maryland show, which yeah, people might be like, oh, Feldman, Feldman. I really like Corey Feldman, and Corey Feldman's probably been in more movies that have impacted me as a kid than say, any yeah, other fucking pretty actor. iconic '80s actor. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're talking about Goonies, you're talking gremlins. about Gremlins. Yeah, you're talking about um, the Lost Boys, Stand by Me, The Burbs, The Burbs, Friday Thirteenth. Uh, the final chapter you're talking about Friday 13th a new beginning he was also in oh yeah so tons of stuff and I'm just really looking forward to meeting him I don't know what to expect um, but I don't care It'll just and be I have cool. VIP passes which gets me to the front of one Boom. line hey and that's who's the line it's gonna, gonna get be to the front of <laughs> and you're also gonna get the twins from the last chapter right Twins from the last chapter are going to be there, and Harry Manfredini is going oh, to be right. there. No, that's not, right. You, I got I to uh, send you a couple you, posters. Well, you and I one. talked about this, and it's like, which one? Do you have them just sign like every single fucking poster? <sighs> no. No. I not say I got. I'm having them sign the original. I think I've got seven Friday the Thirteenth posters. Like, yeah, I'm not going to have them sign all of them. No, I'm going to have them sign my original one sheet, uh, which is right there, David. Behind yep. Me. Yeah, that's the one I'm going to have them sign too. So I will take those. Those and if I do decide, fuck it, I'm going to drive to King of Prussia. To yeah, Sean, Sean Cunningham, Cunningham. At least I'll have our posters with me. Sweet. All right. Cool. Yeah, I got to send. Don't it out count to you. on that one though. It's like another Swearwolves episode. Don't count on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to stop at two fifty one. <laughs> one and done. Uh, That's what I say. But Harry, Harry Manfredini is is a git yeah. for me. Like I, I've really wanted to see that guy. I, Dude, I listen to the uh, uh, Friday Thirteenth soundtracks more than any other scores. Remember that uh, one show I went to, and he, he was fucking there, and he wasn't even announced as a guest. I was so pissed. Yeah, I like yeah, walked I down. I was like, "That's Harry Manfredini right there," and he's got his own table. God yep. damn it! Too bad my posters are hundreds of miles away. <laughs> thanks for thanks a lot, Harry. Thanks a lot, Harry Manfredini, you bastard. Um, so that's the next show that's coming up for me. After that, I'm going to Disney World. You lucky bastard. I've got a couple, uh, I think, in October as well. There's one that's in Mesa, Arizona, that so far there isn't a single guest I'm after. Like some of the Fright Night people are going to be there, but mm-hmm. I don't have a Fright Night poster. Dude, they're expensive. They are, but I found one that someone was selling. It was, I think it was an Australian one sheet. I was going to say, it's the American one that's like, you're going to pay at least four or $500 but I found one and I was like, do I order it? And it was like, it was like three to $400. Maybe it was a US one sheet. I don't remember what it was, but I found one and I was like, it's there. I could buy this. Yeah. But then I'm like, then I got to get all the fucking signatures. Exactly. It and I was up. like, do I like Fright Night enough to even fucking do this? And the answer was no. <laughs> I don't like Fright Night enough to get all those fucking signatures. I don't I like it. But I thought the same thing. Like when I was looking at one, I was like, do I really want to pay $500 plus? And then you start adding up all the signatures. Like to make this poster Ridiculous. the way I would want it, like you're talking $1,000. Yeah. yeah and, and, and isn't, uh, what's his name? Dead? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to get uh, Roddy. McDowell Roddy McDowell yeah you're not gonna get him now without a Ouija board yeah so it's like then you start looking at that now that's not gonna limit me in getting my stuff signed because it's like oh well this person's dead this person's dead but at the same time it's like some of it I'm like well well these people are fucking dead yep oh dude and then there's another one uh at the end of October like the weekend right before Halloween there's another show also in Mesa Arizona that's got a bunch kind of like when you're talking about the the New Jersey one of like 
people that you normally don't see, it's got a lot of those. Um, yeah. Like Joe Dante is going to be there. So I'm going to get him on my howling poster. Ooh. That'll be cool. Um, and I can't remember. I've got a whole list of like people I want to get at that one. But yeah, it's a lot of people that I have not seen at other shows, which would be kind of cool. Well, moving on from the conventions, David, uh, I just wanted to talk about some, uh, I guess, ho- housekeeping stuff. Uh, you didn't have any more convention talk, did you? No. No, I'm done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we've been talking for 50 minutes now about uh, conventions. When are they going to talk about clue. H2O? <laughs> we've been waiting. That's what we think our listeners sound like. <laughs> <laughs> They're all whiny little bitches. Oh, God. <laughs> At least tell me when the what the time signature is so I can fast forward in this episode. <laughs> uh, or time code, I guess it would be, right? Not signature. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? I'm an idiot. Anyway, uh, VHS collecting, David, is something we've gotten into oh, yeah. since the last time we spoke. We you did. and I, like almost at the same time, were like, hey... You're like, hey, I bought a VCR, and I was like, you know, I was just looking at this VCR or this VHS, these VHS tapes at this antique mall, and you're like, yeah, I yeah, just got should, one. You should buy and, it. And, and I got these tapes, and and then you're like, and I bought another VHS uh, and TV because you got to get a you got to get a tube TV, a yeah, CRT. A CRT. You can't, Absolutely, you can't watch them. No, I got to go old uh, school, flat screen. So uh, I got I got one. I got a little setup here in my office that no one can see, but David. Uh, where it's like a video store the, in there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I kind of tried to set it up like a video store, and I even have the the TV up in the corner that I put a movie on. Uh, yeah, because this is where I work. I put a movie on, and I just turn the volume down. That's what I, I do. Just have it playing. Yep, I the do the background. same thing. So it's kind of it's kind of fun. But some of the movies that I got, I got all the Friday the Thirteenth movies, at least all the ones that came out on VHS. I don't have the Nightmare on Elm Street one. I have two, three, and four. Oh, okay, which is fine. Um, but I I also got some other movies like The Money Pit. And uh, yeah, I've got some non horror stuff. I have like pump up the volume. <laughs> nice <laughs> shit that I remember watching because I also buy like lots off of eBay yeah. where it's like, um, here's a bunch of movies, and I'm like, oh, I really want that one particular mm-hmm. movie, but I got to get all these other ones. Like, I have this movie called uh, The Destroyer starring Lyle Alzado, and on the cover, it's like him holding this. Uh, it's it's kind of like, um, I read the back, I haven't watched it yet, but it, it seems like it's like Shocker. Oh, okay. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know, but he's holding like this drill, like um, not a drill, like a jackhammer. Yeah. And he's like holding it. And he's all muscular and it's got Lyle Zato's face. But when you look closer, it's like, that is uh, not Photoshop because they didn't have Photoshop back then. They just cut out Lyle Alzado's face and put it on top of this dude's <laughs> That's body. That's amazing. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I got to watch the movie though. And I said, I said to Jersey Mike, when I saw him, I go, Hey, have you ever seen this movie? He goes, that fucking movie. He's like, I think he said his dad like rented it. Like when they were kids. Yeah. And he goes that I go the cover box. He goes the like face on top. He goes, that's not his body. And I go, that's what I thought. <laughs> so he uses a jackhammer to kill people. I guess. I don't know. I have oh, to watch cool. it. Does he have a tagline? Like I, he'll jack you up. Let me go get it. Hold on. Show it to me. Oh, you want to see it? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's the picture. There's the <laughs> <laughs> the face. <laughs> and that uh, says, it's uh, ridiculous. Lyle Elzado is the destroyer. 3,000 volts couldn't kill him. It just gave him a buzz. <laughs> it just gave him a boner. Yeah, this is a rental copy because you can see how they had it like cataloged. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but on the back it says, uh, oh, Anthony Perkins is in this movie. Also, Deborah Foreman. Oh, shit. Got to get her to sign yeah, that box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it says this, David. Uh, Destroyer. 
They never dreamed he'd become the perfect killing machine. When Ivan Mosier, a hulking convicted serial killer, was sentenced to be electrocuted, a devastating prison riot erupted on the day of his execution. In the wake of destruction and death, the prison was shut down and Mosier became a legend. No proof of his death ever existed. 18 months later, a film director, Anthony Perkins, intrigued by Mosier's legend and the eerie emptiness of the prison, decides to use it as a film set. On the last night of filming, the truth of Mosier's fate is about to be revealed. The film crew trapped inside the prison begins to disappear one by one, all victims of the 300-pound killing machine who survived 3,000 volts to stalk his prey as the Destroyer. <laughs> that sounds incredible. I'm in. Sounds incredibly fucking dumb, but I do remember <laughs> seeing this, this cover. Yeah, now that you show the, it to me, it, that does look familiar. I'm pretty sure I saw that at the video store. Yeah. 1988. Yeah, I never saw it. Never saw it. Probably never will. But like I said, I buy these lots of stuff. And and I've bought a couple that I've gotten duplicates of, and I sent a, I sent a few of them to you. You did. Thank you very much. Hey, man. Spread the wealth. Yeah. But I like doing it. I like collecting these VHS tapes. I, I go around to different antique malls and it see looks what they cool. got. Yeah, and I've kind of gotten in the habit, like every couple of weeks, I'll go hit up like used record stores and stuff and look for VHS tapes. I usually find nothing, but every once in a while I'll find something. I'm like, oh, give me that. 99 cents? <laughs> you got to go, go to like antique malls. Go to uh, like the Brass Armadillo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a good place to go to. Yup. So that's something that we've been into. Also, David, uh, new movies that are coming up or TV shows that are coming up, uh, horror related, I wanted to get your opinion on. Um so three of them that I could specifically think of off the top of my head. And mm. I don't know if you have any more that are on your radar, but uh, the first one is John Carpenter's Suburban Screams. Dude, I just saw the trailer for that uh, this morning. So that's going to be coming out on uh, the Peacock Network. Um, that's what I do every time that's I say Peacock. Peacock, like. say, peacock is like, <laughs> don't, yeah. doesn't Peacock sound like a crying baby? But it sounds better when you go, Peacock. <laughs> I don't it know. Does. It just really sounds does. better to me. Uh, this is the synopsis that I got off of, uh, I think it was, uh, what is that? Dread Central? Okay. Some shit like that. Some, uh, But anyway, here's. I think this was released by Peacock uh, on their uh, whatever. But this is what it says. A genre-busting, unscripted horror anthology series from the mind of legendary director, writer, and producer John Carpenter. The series explores the dark secrets and unspeakable evil that sometimes lurks beneath the surface of the sun-drenched streets, manicured lawns, and friendly neighbors of suburbia. Each episode focuses on one true tale of terror told by the real people who lived through it. Their first-hand accounts are brought to life through premium cinematic scene work, news clips, home photos, and archival footage combining the visual language of horror films with the tools and techniques of documentaries, creating a uniquely frightening experience for viewers. Each episode will delve into the monstrous evil that lurks beneath the surface of friendly suburbia through the lens of one frightful tale. In addition to first-hand accounts, the episodes will include cinematic reenactments, personal archives, and historic town press coverage what do you think of all of that david it looks interesting um when i watched it i was like huh it wasn't what i was expecting but i, I didn't mm -hmm. even know that john carpenter was working on anything so that was cool yeah. i was excited about that i was like i'll see anything that guy does uh, even if it sucks yeah. um but i thought it actually looked decent like the way it was shot and stuff i was like oh it does look carpenter-esque mm -hmm. with like kind of a uh, unsolved mysteries kind of vibe to it yeah um, but so yeah, I'm there's six episodes Mm -hmm. There's six episodes and he did one. He directed oh, he just one. did one? Okay. Yeah. So he's producing it, I guess. But he's only directed one episode. On he's, yeah. Well, I'll watch that one. Uh, it'll probably be the first one. Yeah, probably. To, 
to me, what this sounds like is it's a way to create content without needing writers or actors because they're <laughs> both on strike right now. Yeah. Because it's a unscripted. They pre- be sure to say that it's an unscripted. So that means they don't have to have writers. Right. Uh, there's no actors because it's all just uh, the people who lived through it that are telling the stories. So it's like watching fucking Dateline. Uh, and, and you have uh, John Carpenter who's directing. What's, what's he directing? He's just putting together the pieces and like kind of saying, oh, I think he's probably not fucking doing Well, shit. I took it that he's like directing the reenactment stuff, right? I don't think they're doing any reenacting. It looked like Because they said firsthand accounts are brought to life through pre- premium cinematic scene work. I don't think they're doing like actors reenacting stuff because the actors are on strike. Unless they filmed it before. I don't think so, dude. I think this is a money grab. John Carpenter? Money grab? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's a John Carpenter money grab. I don't blame him. I love that John Carpenter is very candid about that. He's like, I like money. If somebody wants to put yeah, money in could, my hand, I will take it. He could put his name on a can of tuna fish and I'd fucking buy it. Of course. John Carpenter's, you know, chicken of the sea. Is this chicken or is this tuna? Do you remember when that fucking yeah. idiot? Uh, <laughs> so Jessica Simpson? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and listen, she's probably a very nice person, but that was an idiotic thing to yeah, say. Yeah, it's awesome, though. It is awesome. Uh, next one. I, do, I don't know when that's coming out. It'll be coming out soon. So October, just watch the cock. Yeah. October. Yeah, probably. You're, you're actually correct. They did say October, but I don't remember what day it was. Uh, next one is a movie coming out that I've been waiting for since about 2007. Oh, my God. Do you know what movie this is? No. Thanksgiving by Eli Roth. (laughs) Thanksgiving. So, yeah. So the teaser or the trailer was a fake trailer on the Grindhouse uh, double feature. If you went and saw it in the theater, Um, it's probably on the DVD. Yeah, I'm sure it's on there. VHS. I don't think they have that. You can look up. (laughs) You can look up the uh, original trailer online. But um, Thanksgiving, it's like an 80s slasher, late 70s, early 80s slasher um, spoof. That Eli yeah, kind Roth of a created throwback, yeah, and just like Machete, which was Robert Rodriguez's fake trailer in front of uh, Planet Terror. They're gonna make it real. They were supposed to make it real back a long time ago. We got to get Rob Zombie on uh, Werewolf Women of the SS. We <laughs> <laughs> used to go to um, not not um, the warehouse. What was another one of those places? Like uh, there was like that, storage. like um, oh, like Fye. FYE Tower but, Records uh, Tower Records Tower Records is where I used to go to there was a Tower Records close to me when I lived in Mesa you know I, I was I was single and I would just go down there and they were having like a I don't know if it was going out of business but they were having a sale on like all their VHS shit mm-hmm. and uh, I went down there one day and I bought a bunch of stuff that I had never seen before and one of them was uh, a movie called Ilsa the Wicked Warden and uh, there was this woman who played <laughs> who played this character in all these like grindhouse like fucking exploitation films yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the 60s and 70s but uh, I forget the the woman's name Quentin Tarantino would know because uh, I'm sure he's seen all of her fucking movies but it was always like Ilsa and the she women of the SS or something and Ilsa <laughs> the wicked warden yeah. and Ilsa the great fucking dominatrix i mean and that's what it was it was her dressed up she was a scantily clad uh, yeah, probably a little bit a, past her give prime. her an excuse to wear like a leather suit exactly exactly but uh but anyway rob zombies uh, uh she wolf of the uh, she women of the, women of the ss yeah that always reminded me of ilsa and yeah. i'm sure that's where he probably got some of his inspiration from <laughs> you got nicholas cage playing fu manchu oh that's right <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm interested uh, in the Thanksgiving movie, though. Um, but I do wish that it... I was a little bit disappointed when I saw the trailer. I was like, ah, I really yes. wanted them to do a grindhouse style, like keep it old school. And it looks very yep. new. But yeah, and so that's that's the difference. The concept still looks fun enough to be ridiculous, so I'll see it. And I think the concept is basically the same as what the original trailer was. The only difference is is they've made it more modern yeah. um, in setting and in look. So it's not the seventies, it's not the eighties, which I'm a big fan of. Like my favorite genre of film is slasher films, and the best slasher films are from the eighties. Uh, you know, if you watch that documentary. Actually, there's three of them, and it's about 12 hours of your life, but 12 <laughs> hours well spent. In Search of Darkness, uh, ones, two, and three, uh, they talk about the 80s. And you can watch that, and you're like, some of the greatest fucking horror movies ever. Oh, I don't absolutely. care what anybody says. Oh, the 70s. Oh, fucking this, that, and the other thing. Oh, the 90s. 90s, everybody knows the 90s. 90s sucked. The 80s movies. was the heyday. <laughs> 80s were the best. Yeah. So I really do I agree with you, but I'm going to give it a shot. It comes out November 17th, which is right before Thanksgiving. Um, watch it with the whole and, family around the table. Yeah. So maybe what we'll do, David, is we'll watch it and we'll do a little uh, Swearwolves episode. There you go. Something that's not coming to the theater, American Horror Story, new uh, season called Delicate, starts airing September 20th. Yeah, I could take it or leave it. To be honest with you, you don't you don't watch a lot of American. I haven't watched Story. the last two or three seasons. Like I, I don't know. It just kind of stopped yeah. grabbing my interest. I still watch it. Uh, this season's going to star Emma Roberts and Kim Kardashian. By the way, Eric Roberts, uh, mm-hmm. Emma Roberts' dad, he was at the New Jersey oh, was he? Horror Convention. I saw him. I almost said hi to him because he's in uh, season two of The Righteous Gemstones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That show's hilarious. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, that show's great. <laughs> yeah, that show. Did you that give him the head great. nod? <laughs> no, because he was talking to somebody. Uh, but if he wouldn't have been talking to somebody, I was going to say something to him real quick, but whatever uh yeah kim kardashian's gonna be in that in this season she's got a prominent role she's okay. one of the stars which wow. is interesting she's not known for being an actress no you know what kim kardashian is known for hmm. being a twat <laughs> um okay so <laughs> they're gonna say dead ass <laughs> right, well yeah but she's she's gotten she's lost it she used to have a big booty oh, her and now gone? she's she's lost it i, yeah. haven't, I haven't been paying attention I think. I don't know. I don't pay attention. No, let me either. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn my camera off, Brett. <laughs> Leave me be. <laughs> uh, last thing I want to mention before we get to H2O. I know, H2O. We got to get to this movie. But there's an article that I saw on uh, on the internet. Uh, I was going to say the newspaper, but who reads the newspaper? It's on <laughs> one of these news outlets. And uh, it thought it was perfect for us, David. Mm. The title of the article says, Why Swearing is a Sign of Intelligence Helps Manage Pain and More. Oh, I knew it. I knew we were smart. Exactly. So uh, pol- this is from the article. Polite society considers swearing to be a vulgar sign of low intelligence and education. Fuck society. Uh, f- for why would anyone rely on rude language when blessed with a rich vocabulary. That perception, however, as it turns out, is full of uh, baloney. It's full of in fact, <laughs> shit. 
<laughs> in fact, swearing may be a sign of verbal superiority, studies have shown, and may provide other possible rewards as well. Mm. Quote, the advantages of swearing are many, said Timothy J., professor emeritus of psychology at the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, who has studied swearing for more than 40 years. I've been studying swearing for more than 40 years, too. I lived with my fucking parents. Um, anyway, I don't have to be a professor emeritus, whatever the fuck that means, J. His name is J, too, or Timothy. Timothy J. Anybody with two first names, you never trust. <laughs> no. If your last name is a first name, I guess my last name technically is too, but Anderson Cooper doesn't count. No. Okay. Quote, the benefits of swearing have just emerged in the last... Oh, let me read it like uh, fucking Timothy J. <laughs> like a fucking... Hey, my name's fucking... Tim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, egghead. Uh, the... Uh, listen, don't call me that. Uh, the benefits of swearing have just emerged in the last two decades as a result of a lot of uh, research on brain and emotion, along with much better technology to study brain anatomy. All right. So this is what it goes on to say. These are the benefits. Number one, cursing may be a sign of intelligence. Well-educated people with plenty of words at their disposal, a 2015 study found, were better at coming up with curse words than those who were less verbally fluent. Ooh. So you have a better vocabulary. You can come up with creative stuff like dick stain and fucking <laughs> shit fuck. <laughs> fuck nugget. <laughs> shit like that. Uh, swearing maybe as oh, number fucking shittle dick. <laughs> shittle dick. <laughs> uh, so, uh, number two, swearing may be a sign of honesty. Science has also found a positive link between profanity and honesty. People who cursed lied less and uh, had higher levels of integrity overall. And if there's anything that we are, David, is not liars, and we have, <laughs> we have a lot of integrity. The utmost integrity. Utmost. And I've always found integrity. us to be intellectually superior to everyone else. Me too. Number three, <laughs> profanity improves pain tolerance. Well, no shit. Every time I hit myself with something, <laughs> I always... Yeah. <laughs> It also it also makes me repair stuff better. Like I had to take apart my dryer. Um, yeah, and you're like, come on, you come on, you fucker. Yeah, you've had problems with your dryer in the past. Have you taken it apart? Yes, I have. You have to take the drum out. Yeah, and you bang on it and you swear <laughs> at it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty. Anyway, prof profanity improves pain tolerance. Uh, Want to push through that workout? Go ahead and drop an f bomb, David. <laughs> when you're lifting. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I'm on the treadmill. I'm like, cocksucker, cocksucker, <laughs> cocksucker. And if it's like not too heavy, you go with like a mild swear, like bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Or damn. Someone you can say on damn. TV. Yeah. Hell. <laughs> Four. Cussing is a sign of creativity. That's us, dude. Absolutely. Swearing appears to be centered in the right side of the brain. Uh, the people, the part people often call the creative brain. Mm. And last but not least, throwing expletives instead of punches. Why do we choose to swear? Perhaps because profanity provides an evolutionary advantage that can help protect us from harm. So basically, we're pussies. We're lovers, <laughs> we're not like, fighters. If we curse at somebody instead of throwing a punch, we can at least uh, disarm them that way or gives us time to run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're like, I'm going to... Fuck you in the face. I mean, punch. I, uh. Yeah. You bend over, I'll fuck you in your ass. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm leaving. <laughs> What's that, a bird? <laughs> What's that over there? Look over there. Tom Atkins is blowing a Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> he is? That's all I got. Uh, so let's get started. Oh, all right. Halloween.
H2O, 20 years later. That's the full name of this fucking movie. It's a fucking mouthful is what it is. <laughs> it's a mouthful of shit. <laughs> Release date of this movie was August 5th. Another thing, it's like boggles the mind. Fucking, this is a Weinstein uh, thing. This putting, is a Weinstein putting movie. horror movies out at the ass end of summer when no one's going yeah, to the movies. Is, it's just fucking dumb. Yeah, wait till Halloween, numbnuts. Yeah, the movie's called Halloween, so why don't we release it in Halloween, you assholes? Yeah. Second of all, and you'll see about what the number one movie was. Hint, hint, it wasn't this. Oh, shit. Um, well, there goes my guess. And they released it up against probably one of the biggest movies of that year. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the Weinsteins are idiots anyway, and we all know this. They're fucking ass clowns. Release date, August 5th, 1998, was the number one movie. Well, I was going to guess this, but now you said one of the biggest movies of 98. Uh, what came out in 98? Armageddon. No. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, uh, okay. Came that's, out the week before. That's a good movie. It's like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> it's got uh, Oscar winner Tom Hanks, who, did he win an Oscar for this? Or he was at least nominated. I don't yeah, know if he I won. Uh, I don't think he did. I think he's only won two. Well, only. He's won two Oscars. Yeah, I think he's only won uh, two also. Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, right? Forrest Gump, yeah. yeah. But that movie was huge, Saving Private Ryan. It was. It was a good movie. Uh, Spielberg. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. The, <laughs> Vin Diesel. Yeah. It's family. All right. The number one song on August 5th, 1998 was, of course. Well, you know what? I'm going to stick with my Armageddon theme, and I'm going to go with I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. I could lay awake just to hear you breathing. No. Ah. No. <laughs> no, it's uh, The Boy is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry that you, know you seem to be confused. <laughs> yeah. He belongs to yeah. me. The boy the is boy mine. The boy is mine. <laughs> that was a good music video. It was. Yeah. I always thought Monica was so hot. Yeah, yeah. Samesies. I mean, Brandy was pretty, I guess, too, but Monica was more my type. More my type. I, she looks at me and she's like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> so you're not my type. <laughs> yeah. My type is not a fucking dork. She goes, I like to swear to you. Get oh. the fuck out of here. You're like, oh, <laughs> this is Monica. <laughs> I love it when you talk nerdy. <laughs> Uh, Halloween H2O 20 years I'm just going to call it H2O okay? Yes That's please. what we're going to call it By the way The name of this movie What the fuck It's ridiculous is it Water Why do we call it water <laughs> Why not just call it Halloween fucking 7 Because someone thought is. They were clever And they're like It's Halloween yeah. 20 H20 H2O But But let's uh, Let's set it in water then Let's <laughs> Make it like the Kevin Costner <laughs> Get James yeah, Cameron On the horn <laughs> Figure out the technology To do this shit underwater uh, okay so h2o h2o okay not this isn't a just the facts segment uh, but i do know a little bit about this and if you want to hear more about this like i said earlier in this podcast go listen to best movies never made because they have whole episodes dedicated to unmade halloween movies mm. uh there was one where uh john carpenter came up with an idea for halloween four in which michael myers grows to like um a kaiju level <laughs> like michael myers yeah it's a, it's a fucking whacked out yeah ooh, but it's ooh, awesome ooh, 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 <laughs> pretty much it's whack but it sounds fucking awesome and i would love to see that movie get made someday but it won't <laughs> um 
A lot of some elements, though, in these unmade ones went into the David Gordon Green and uh, ah, Danny okay. um, McBride movies. So take that for what it is. Halloween H2O started out as uh, Halloween 7, and it was going to be a made-for-TV movie. Oh, they God. were just going to, or straight-to-video or some shit like that, right? Because like you could do straight-to-video cassette and make quick cash grab, right? right? Because idiots like you and I would go down to the video store and rent it. Do you have H7? I hear it's really wonderful. Uh, (laughs) So the the story involved a, uh, I think it was an all-girls preparatory school, and Michael Myers comes back. But then uh, in that movie, it ends up being a copycat killer. Oh, shit. Stars Brandy and Monica. Yep. Uh, the Michael Myers escapes and they don't know where he is, but the killer that they think is Michael Myers is not Michael Myers and uh, someone dressed up oh as my him. God. And it's Roy. It's <laughs> Roy Burns. <laughs> so uh, they took that script and they were like, okay, I guess we're going to make this. And then Jamie Lee Curtis was like, hey, I would, wouldn't mind having a new house so i'll do another halloween movie uh if you pay me and they were like done and done this is not going to be straight to video anymore miramax is going to produce this they went to john it's not going to be straight to video it's going to feel like it (laughs) but we're going to do it in the theater well, they went to John Carpenter, and John Carpenter's like, yeah, I'll direct. Give me $10 million. I heard about that, and, a, and they were like, And nope. a three-picture deal. Yeah. And they're like, absolutely not. And uh, we don't need you anymore. And John Carpenter's like, okay, cool. Good luck with your shitty I'll just movie. Co- <laughs> yep, and I'll keep collecting money because I own something that you're going to use, like my score. Yeah. And so they went to Steve Miner. Steve Miner, of course, directed two of the best uh, Friday 13th movies. Two part and two, three. Part three. I'm going to meet him in a couple weeks. Do you have my part three poster? No. You want to send it to me? Where's he going to be at? He's going to oh, be. Yes. He's going to be at Halloween. He's going to Oh, fuck. I better get that part three poster out to you then. Yeah. Quickly. And part two poster. Go for it. I'll okay. get them signed uh, for I'll you. I'll try. Yeah. I'm going to try sending those off. Fuck. You got time. I do. Hopefully. Anyhow, um, Steve Miner uh, directed that. He also directed um, House. Mm-hmm. First house movie. And I think I want to say maybe he directed. Oh, he directed that movie Forever Young with Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> and that's why. That's why she. I think Mel Gibson's oh, in that too. But okay, that makes sense. That's, that's why Jamie Lee Curtis. I actually went to him because hmm. she had a good working relationship with him, and she's like, "Hey, will you step in to direct us?" And he's like, "I got nothing to do." But also, uh, so Robert Zappia and Matt Greenberg wrote this script, and they. Uh, I think Zappy is the one who came up with that straight to video concept. And so when it went even further, they're like, Hey, we need to get, who's the hot writer right now. And they got Kevin Williamson hmm. who was, uh, obviously scream. Right. I know what you did last summer teaching Mrs. Tingle. I think maybe wasn't out yet, but somewhere along the line was and uh, Dawson's Creek. And so they got him in, he did some rewrites, added some stuff, changed some of the story around, but kept, more or less the same story, but okay. did some rewrites. However, he didn't do enough rewrites to get credit. And they went to Zappia and they're like, hey, will you allow him to get co-writing credit on this? Nope. In the, in the and he goes, no, I'm the writer. Man. And so I want everyone to know that this opus was all me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. This is my um, baby. 
<laughs> but they went to the WGA and you have to go through arbitration. Uh, so the WGA has to review it. Uh, they weren't on strike at the time. And uh, they said, no, we can't give him credit. He didn't do enough rewrite. 33%, uh, I think is what. Well, he dodged a bullet. He did dodge a bullet, but he became executive producer. He got an executive producer credit, Kevin Williamson. That's fine. That's just that's just money. He just gets paid. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Another kind of uh, controversial thing is John Ottman did the music in this, and Bob and Harvey, probably Bob uh, Weinstein, watched it and was like, "I don't like this fucking music." Oh man, was Ottman like, "Listen, I'm going to go on and do the X Men movies, motherfucker." And he's like, "Well, you haven't done them yet." And he's like, "Well, well, yeah, okay." <laughs> So they got Marco Beltrami's score from Scream, Scream 2, and uh, I forget. I think I know what you... I don't know what the other one they was. They used some, like, got, cues? Yeah, they just used his cues. Kind of like what they did with uh, Harry Manfredini for... Uh, it's uh, fucked up. April, not, it wasn't April Fool's Day. Slaughter... Uh, what was it? One of those movies used some of his music. That's right. Yeah, I can't remember Yeah, it was like one. Slaughter High, I think. Something... Yeah, it sounds. But right. it takes place on April Fool's Day, and it's like that 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 sun up to sun down fucking thing. Do you remember so, that fucking movie? Damn, it was so it was stupid. Like, it was like Canadian or some it was shit. The worst. We were like, I, we sucked. <laughs> so Beltrami gets the credit for the music, but it's like all scream cues. Or Ottman got credit, right? Uh, well, Ottman and, and Beltrami. Okay, I'm, Ottman may have gotten credit. Yeah, I don't know, but they used a lot of Marco Beltrami's hmm. score. Uh, this movie was produced by Paul Freeman. It stars. The aforementioned Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode slash Carrie Tate. We'll get to that in a second. You got uh, introducing Josh Hartnett. Yeah. His first. And his messy fucking hair. Debut. Oh, man, that haircut. Goddamn. Yeah, he would go on to have a, a, a pretty good career. He was in uh, The Faculty right after this. Yeah. Did he was just in, uh, did you see Oppenheimer yet? I haven't seen Oppenheimer It's really good. Yet. He's in that. Yeah. Adam Arkin. Oh, yeah, Alan Arkin's son. Uh, Michelle Williams, Oscar winner. Actually, Jamie Lee Curtis, Oscar winner. They were both nominated this last year for Oscars. Yeah. Michelle Williams for uh, the Freedmans, capturing the Freedmans, and Jamie Lee Curtis won for everything. Ever the Fablemans, whatever the fuck the name is. Did I say Those... capturing the Freedmans? <laughs> That's <laughs> another movie. The <laughs> it's, it's a good movie. There's another movie called Capturing the Freedmans. <laughs> uh, I don't know Fablemans. Yeah, I like Fablemans. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's Steven Spielberg. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. Who else is in this? Janet Lee, She has a little cameo. Mm-hmm. LL Cool J. And then Chris Duran plays Michael Myers. Uh, you got his name on your uh, little mask back there? I do. Yeah. And then Nancy Stevens is reprising her role as uh, Marion. Marion. And you got uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt with a little... Jimmy. Little little uh, guest role. I I had this friend back in Arizona who never could remember that guy's name, Joseph Gordon Levitt. So he'd always call him Jordy Levy Scott. <laughs> oh yeah, I think we talked about this. It's awesome. Well, so every time Jordy I see him, Levy I'm like, Scott. oh, Jordy Levy Scott. <laughs> Runtime of this movie: eighty six minutes. Budget was seventeen million. How much did it make at the box office? Dad, uh, this movie did well, and I saw it at the theater. I'm gonna say it made eighty million. Yeah, $75 million is okay. what it makes. I wanted to read the back of the box synopsis for you. I won't go through the the, the cover because the cover is pretty fucking boring. It's just boring like, as typical, shit. like Scream uh, VHS cover box. Um, but uh, it says this. 
This smart and suspenseful thriller scares up a bone-chilling good time with original Scream Queen Jamie Lee Curtis, True Lies, Halloween 1 and 2, and a hot cast of hip young stars. <laughs> now the head mistress of a private school, Lori Strode, Curtis, is still struggling with the horrifying 20-year-old memories of the maniacal killer Michael Myers when he suddenly reappears with a vengeance! Oh, shit! And this Halloween, his terror will strike a whole new generation. Lori's rebellious son, Josh Hartnett, the faculty, his girlfriend, Michelle Williams, TV's Dawson's Creek, and the school security guard, LL Cool J, Woo, Baps. <laughs> Those are the credits we need to know him for. Woo and Baps. All right. Will become Michael's newest victims unless Lori can conquer her greatest fears and put evil in its place once and for all. The time has come again for you to experience the frightening fun of Halloween, the motion picture series that totally redefined terror. Oh my God. I got to say, calling a movie smart doesn't make it so on the box. <laughs> it's smart and suspenseful. I found neither. It's to neither be true. of those things. <laughs> <laughs> So I was excited for this movie. 1998, Brett, 21 years old. I'm ready for Halloween. It's been fucking, we had to sit through those other movies. Halloween 6 fucking sucked. This yep. is going to be directed by Dude, Steve Miner. Yeah, I was super excited too. Summer of 98, I would have been 17. So it's like, I'm finally 17. I can see whatever I want. I don't need to like rely on my parents. Uh, you yeah, can I'm drive. I'm totally going to go see this. Yep. Yeah, you can go out with your friends that summer. So this was the first um, Halloween movie that I saw in a theater. Yep. I remember seeing it, and I'm going to be honest with you. After I saw this movie, I was like, that movie fucking kicks ass. I also thought that, and I this was the first time that I have watched this movie all the way through since I saw it in the theater. I've gotten like bits yeah. and pieces of it on TV over the years, but this was the first like complete watch through. My opinion has changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have seen this movie a couple of times since uh, I saw it in 98, and my opinion has slowly gone down <laughs> of this movie. It's slowly degraded. In fact, I watched it a couple of years ago, and I go, fuck, man, nothing happens in this movie until like Dude. 15 minutes left. Yes, yes. I wrote some timestamps. <laughs> Let's kind of talk about what goes on here. So it's been 20 years. Uh, it's uh, October 29th, 1998 which is almost 20 years to the day from when Michael Myers was uh, last terrorizing That's Haddonfield. Right. And Illinois. now we're in Langdon, Illinois. Yeah. So Langdon, Illinois, uh, Nurse Marion uh, Chambers comes home. And uh, she, we, we learned to find out some of this information, but I'm just going to recap sure. this. Uh, Loomis is dead. I mean. He died in real life, so they had to write him out. <laughs> yeah. So Loomis died. And Marion Chambers, Nurse Chambers, was his personal nurse. Like a live-in nurse, I guess. Or maybe she was just checking on him. I no, think she was. They she lived, lived there, right? They banged. Yeah, I think. He they, banged her. They, totally. They fucked. They, oh, yeah. They, they, yeah, they were this. doing it. He's like, oh, Marion. <laughs> Sam, hey. <laughs> I fucked her nine times. <laughs> six times. It's like, no, it was nine. It's like, no, it was, it was six. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he fucked her nine times and then died. And uh, <laughs> she, he got to keep all of his files from the hospital as he was a decrepit old man, because I guess that's what happens. You got to keep the files. Keep and also yeah. make sure to put like your most important file, put it in plain sight. And if it has that person's yep. known whereabouts, like make sure that shit's like displayed. Yep. 
Have a even yeah, a, maybe a, a label light shining on it that on says Laurie Strode. <laughs> Strode, comma Laurie. Put that on there, and then also have a fucking cork board with uh, <laughs> pictures of yeah, like a serial killer. Yeah, where he might be. And so what we also find out is that Michael, they never found his body. He burned. This this takes place after part this two. Disavows. Yeah, this disavows three, four, five, and six. Yep. Well, three we can already say that it disavows that <laughs> right. because it has nothing to do with michael but it devours four five and six the thorn trilogy everything in part one and part two happened which i think a lot of fans at the time were happy about because they were like fuck yeah yeah we just got done with that thorn trilogy and we we're like what the fuck was that um and really the only thing they needed from part two was the sister angle otherwise yeah, you don't really even need part two no no and that's stupid that that whole sister oh, angle yeah, i always dumb. thought was dumb and that's I thought so why too. i'm glad in Halloween 2018, they kind of abandoned that whole. Yeah, I thought that um, was a smart bullshit. Move. But originally, H2O was supposed to have references to Jamie Lloyd. Mm. In fact, there was supposed to be a scene, and I'll just skip ahead real quick, uh, uh, where Lori is at the school that she works at, and one of the kids is giving a report, uh, oral report, on. Uh, Michael Myers mm. and the killings that happened unbeknownst to them, knowing that Lori, that Lori Strode is there. Um, Cause everybody presumes that she's dead. And we'll get to that in a second too. But uh, they say how her daughter was killed. Her daughter, Jamie was killed. Oh, that no. was an original scene from this. So they were going to acknowledge the events. Okay, just take it out. Give her a six. son with a shitty haircut. Better that way. <laughs> yeah, well, she was always going to have a son, though, too, because that was like her new life son. Mm, okay. So she abandoned this one and then had a new <laughs> life son. Whatever. Okay, so um, Marion Chambers comes home and discovers that her house has been broken into. Yeah, and like she actually the, does something really smart. Yeah, the porch light is smashed. She opens the door. She hears like a little noise, and she's like, fuck this shit, and she books it yep. next door. Yep, and next door she has uh, two neighbors, which are, well, a neighbor boy, Jimmy, and his friend, Tony. And they're out there playing, like, street hockey, and he's got a hockey mask on, which is a nod to, yeah. of course, um, Fred, uh, Jason, excuse me, uh, and Steve Miner directing those movies as well. So they're like, all right, we'll go check it out. And Jimmy calls the cops, and he's like, yeah, hey, let's go yep. check it. Let's do the smart thing and not wait for the police. Let's go investigate ourselves while we wait for the police to come. And he goes in there, and he uh, sees that the place is a mess. There's an office that has all of Loomis's stuff, and it's been It's been disarray. ransacked. Yep. He had the Grail Diary from fucking Last Crusade <laughs> in there, and he ransacked the room. Yep. He's like going all through her stuff. Like he st he stuffed some beers down his pockets, and it, I got. I mean, that's what any kid would do. It got me thinking. Like when you were younger, or even as an adult, like did you ever have to house sit or like check on somebody's dogs or cats or bring their mail in or do anything like that? Like while they were on vacation, um, I didn't. I was just curious if like if you were a snooper or if you were all yeah. business. See, I would only snoop for things in plain sight. Like, I wouldn't physically move anything because I didn't want it to be like fucking Kathy Bates, like recognizing a penguin moved or some shit. <laughs> nowadays, everybody has cameras, so you couldn't do it now. But oh, I just no. remember like you trying to like nowadays, low key but... snoop on people's shit. Yeah. But Jimmy's going heads. all through his shit and he's calling himself Jimmy. He's talking in the third person. He's like, ah, oh, Jimmy's going to fuck you up with my stick or something like Hockey that. Hockey stick. Know. 
Yeah, nothing ends up happening. He does like hear a noise or something happens and he turns around really quick and f- destroys the kitchen. And then when he goes out, this is a, kind of a funny moment. Uh, she's He's like, hey, uh, whoever it was, they really ransacked your office and stuff. Oh, and they also messed up your kitchen and might have stole some stuff out of the yeah. refrigerator. Bye-bye. <laughs> yep. So he takes off and goes back and Marion's just like, well, the cops aren't here and he already checked all the rooms. Nobody was in I'm there. I'm going to go so back she inside. she goes in the house. She goes in, and again, there's like doors start opening and closing. Yeah, and this is where she also sees that the Laurie Strode file is empty, and she's like, oh, no. So she runs back over to Jimmy's house, and she goes inside, and she's like, Jimmy, Tony, are you guys here? And she goes to see Jimmy, who's watching TV, and he's got a fucking ice skate right (laughs) through his his face. uh, face. I think Happy Gilmore did it. (laughs) He's the first person to take his skate off and try to stab someone with it. (laughs) <laughs> she opens up the back door to run out and Tony's standing there and he does that whole classic like oh, and he just been falls stabbed over. in the back. Yep. And uh she looks up and there's Michael. New mask. Oh god, that mask is shit. It's shit throughout the whole oh, movie. There's two so different bad. masks that they made. John Carl Beekler made a mask, I believe, and Greg Nicotero oh. made a mask and it's all shitty. I think they even CGI'd the mask in one uh, really one it's, scene. It just yeah. looks dumb. It is pretty dumb. But uh, she gets her throat slit. She dead. She gets her throat slit right as the cops come. She yep. breaks the window, but the cops have just gone into her They're in house. her house, and she's next door. Yeah. Yeah. And they find the bodies and everything, and Michael escapes in Jimmy's uh, car. His, yep. like, muscle car, which Michael quickly uh, trades in. Well, he gets a flat tire. <laughs> but he trades in for this the worst fucking truck. Like, or something very conspicuous. Why Why is that lady and her daughter riding around in a 1930s fucking <laughs> Yeah, why are they driving around in the fucking Jeepers Creepers uh, vehicle? <laughs> yeah, it's the Jeepers Creepers truck out yeah. in the middle of fucking bumfuck nowhere. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, steal like a Honda Accord, something inconspicuous. Yeah. Like, Ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Especially back then, like a yeah. Honda Civic. Like, everybody had one of those. <laughs> But the detectives think that like something might be up when they're inspecting the house. Of, like, maybe it was dude. Michael Myers. Like, dude, that was twenty years ago. And he's like, but still though. And in four sentences, we get all of the fucking backstory of what happened with Michael Myers. Like, you don't have to watch a Halloween movie because in four sentences, they're like, you know, Laurie Strode. She was the sister of Michael. What? What are you talking about? Those murders that happened in Haddonfield twenty and back years in nineteen seventy-eight. Like- <laughs> you don't think it's still it. him? Believe- he's dead, right? Well, they never found his body. It was on a Thursday. Yeah, and he killed his sister, Judith Myers, like 20 years prior to that. (laughs) Yep. Roll the credits. (laughs) Show some newspaper clippings. Catch us up. Yep. That's 11 minutes, and uh, then we get the credits. I mean, they basically tried to do like a Scream-style cold open, basically. And I will say that I thought that opening scene... Was still holds up. Was decent. Like, yeah, I I was good with it. I was like, okay, maybe this movie's all right. Yep, still holds up. They they do do the credits, like David said, where they have the newspaper articles, and that's where we get filled in on some of the story. We also see a pair of scissors that are bloody, which is kind of a nod to part four when Jamie Lloyd takes the scissors oh, yeah. and stabs her ste- uh, stepmom. Yep. Or I guess it's her foster mom or whatever the fuck she was. Right. Anyhow, now we're in California. Tupac and Dr. Dre are coming Mm -hmm. up. (laughs) No sad body. Summer Glen, California. Uh, Halloween. Yeah. 
So Lori, uh, who goes by the identity of Carrie Tate, I'm just going to call her Lori, please. But they refer to her as Carrie Tate uh, throughout the entire movie. Yes. But her name is Lori Strode. She faked her own death so she could hide. It's from easy to do. Michael. <laughs> she faked her death in a car accident. Tupac. Right? Speaking of Tupac, <laughs> fucking did it. He's like, remember, that's right. Remember, remember that movie Halloween H2O and his whole crew uh, was around him? And they're like, yeah, that movie was kind of whack. And he's like, yeah, but hear me out. I'm going to fake my death. <laughs> they're like, whatever. Whatever, dude. They're like, is that the only movie that you have reference to someone faking their death? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. It, it is. Tupac, a lot of people don't know is that Tupac loved Halloween H2O. And the crazy part was that he was dead before the movie even came out. (laughs) But he had read an early copy of the script. He was supposed to play the LL Cool J character. (laughs) Like, oh, we got a a different hip-hop artist now. (laughs) They say ladies love him. Let's get him in the movie. But yeah, she's now the headmistress uh, like a wow, boarding what the school. What does that mean? Does that mean the principal? Like the, I guess so, or the dean? Well, it's not, a, it's a high school, so it's not a dean. Headmistress. It's just fucking weird. Name. She's like the head honcho. Yeah, I guess she's like the principal of this boarding school in California. I just don't, I, I just think headmistress, that sounds like, it sounds like sounds you're, really, you're really good at giving blowjobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's the headmistress. Uh, it's the woman <laughs> in charge of the school, the principal. <laughs> The headmistress. <laughs> she stands on the corner and entertains men folk for money. Yeah. Sucking dick. <laughs> I'm a headmistress. It's fucking British, of course. Headmistress. Hello. You're the headmistress. Oh, I am. I am. Uh, is, is it a headmister? Headmister. If you're a, if you're a Excuse male mister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Ed Mister to you, <laughs> fucking Tom Atkins in Smurf Town. Uh, uh, yeah, so she's the principal of this boarding school. It's a private boarding school, and she has a son. Uh, his name is John. His uh, name is Josh Hartnett. Uh, his name is Josh Hartnett. <laughs> He's got fucked up hair, <laughs> and um, she is hiding. And she's not in touch with her uh, ex husband either. No, he's like a. He was abusive or some shit. Yeah. But he's still sending birthday cards with cash to Josh Hartnett, who just turned 17, the same age Lori was. (gasps) Oh, my God. So a couple of little flaws in this fucking movie. Well, there's a lot, but a couple of flaws in this. So uh, it does show Lori as graduating class of 1978. I saw that. Was that in the newspaper clipping? It's like, no, it was Halloween 78. She would have graduated in 79. Yeah, right? if she was a senior. If she was a senior. I don't even know if she was a senior that year. Yeah, stupid. But anyway, also, uh, Halloween Day, it says October 31st. Uh, it's now October 31st, 1998, which was a Saturday, David. Ah. Why would they be in school on a Saturday? <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> I mean, maybe private schools do it differently, but uh, I'm pretty sure everybody gets Saturday and Sunday off. <laughs> Uh, cause I did look that up. I, I, I actually was thinking, I go, I bet you this, cause I wanted to know what day of the week. They should have all been in Saturday detention, like breakfast club style. Yeah. That will, Oh, that would have been fucking cool. Breakfast club slasher film. And Michael Myers pops in. Don't you forget about me. That I like that idea for a movie better. Breakfast club slasher film. There you go. 
Has that been itself. done yet? Let's do it. That's copyright Swearwolves, 2000, <laughs> whatever year it is, 23. I forgot what year it was today. I thought it was 2024 I that, Dude, I do that all the time. Fuck. <laughs> or have you ever written like t- 2013 or 2015 on something? <laughs> it's like, wait a second, what? Yeah, I've done weird shit like that. We're like, holy shit. I got to stop living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and then you think about it. You're like, God, I wish it was. Yeah. That would have been nice. Oh. Oh, well. All right. So she's there. Her secretary is Norma Watson, which is uh, Janet Lee, who's driving the car from Psycho. And it's got the same license plate. I saw that. Yep. And her name is Norma, which is uh, oh, yeah. Norman Bates's His mom's mom. name. And I do like, mm. the, like, we get like one major scene. Well, not major, but like we get a scene of them t- having a conversation. And when she walks to that car, did you pick up on the music? Plays the a music, little bit of the yeah. psycho motif. That was kind of cool. Yep. It was the psycho uh, theme. And I like Janet Lee says something. She's talking to Jamie Lee Curtis. She says something like, if I can be maternal for a minute. And I was like, oh, yep. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yep. So it's kind of cool. And the fact of the matter is, is that uh, Janet Lee, her previous film role, uh, she hadn't done a film in like 18 years. Oh, wow. And that, was and that the fog? film was The Fog <laughs> with Jamie Lee Curtis. So. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but we find out all the students at the school are going on a field trip to Yosemite. Josh Hartnett really wants to go, but mom is like, no, Michael Myers <laughs> will try to kill you if you go. And he loves He loves the woods. He loves national parks. <laughs> He's trying to hit them all. Um, he knows where we yeah, are. He'll, he'll get you. Um, so yep. she's like, no, no way you're, you're not going. And he's like, mom, you got to stop living in the past. You got to let me. Yeah, I'm a man now. I'm a man. And she's also a drunk. Yeah. Kind of low drinks, key, but like, yes. Yeah. She drinks wine. Like she just guzzles it. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. While, while she's on the clock. Because Josh Hartnett like sneaks out to steal some hooch with his, with his little buddy and uh she bumps into because well, yeah so his nerdy buddy charlie and charlie's girlfriend sarah and then josh hartnett's girlfriend molly who is uh michelle williams oscar winner michelle williams or oscar nominated she hasn't won i don't think not yet uh not yet uh, she accepted the award for uh for Heath best Ledger, actor right? for heath That's ledger yeah because they were yeah. married his posthumous award mm. r.i.p heath um, Heath Ledger, who was in A Knight's Tale with Jordy Levy Scott, who's in this movie. Jordy Levy um, Scott. <laughs> not A Knight's Tale. He was in that uh, fucking... Uh, what, oh, 10 Things, ten I, things hate I Hate About, about you. you. That's right. Yeah, not A Knight's Tale. Um, Jordy Levy Scott. Okay. Um, who was also in the Batman uh, oh my fucking God. Dark Knight yep, Rises. That's right. It all comes back to Kevin Bacon. <laughs> uh, let's see. We also meet uh, a couple other characters. Lori's got a love interest uh, named Will... He's like the school Adam guidance Arkin. counselor. That's the Adam Arkin guy. Yeah. Hey, real quick. I, I did. I forgot. I went off on that tangent for a second, but um, uh, Josh Hartnett, Molly, Charlie, and Sarah, they're all going to stay back from Yosemite. And they're like, fuck it. Everybody's going to be in Yosemite. You can't go anyway. Let's just party here. Yeah. On Halloween, we'll have the whole school yeah. to ourselves. And Josh Hartnett's never celebrated Halloween before because his mom forbids him to because she's all traumatized. <laughs> And then uh, another thing, too, is that she ultimately acquiesces, Lori does, and she's like, hey, you can go. And he's like, perfect. I signed your permission slip. And he's like, oh, thanks, mom. Mm. He's like, cool, I'll go. So he just uses that as an excuse to just say like, oh, I went, but I'm going to kick it here and bang my girlfriend. Yeah, now my mom thinks I'm gone. Even better. Yep. So they're all hanging out in the dorms at the school. He doesn't live there. Well, I don't know. Is her house? I, I didn't understand this whole dynamic. Does she I live on they, campus I too? I think they live there. 
Okay. It's like a gated, kind of a gated community. Oh, yeah, and LL Cool J is the security guard. He's very lax yeah. uh, with who he lets yeah. in and out of the gate. Uh, but yeah. he's also a writer of erotic fiction, so he's working on some, yeah. some sexy stories. He's, and he's constantly talking to his wife on the phone and telling her, Bouncing reading ideas. her. Yeah. Yeah. The teachers all depart, and Josh Hartnett and his friends are there, and they're just going to party. And then Lori is going to bang Adam Arkin. And then she finally says, I got to tell you something. I'm really Lori Strode. And he's like, okay, cool. And at first he thinks that it's like a, a little like role play kind of thing. He's like, oh yeah. Oh, and you can see like, it's getting kind of dark. He's like, oh, a guy killed all your friends. Okay. Take off your clothes. Okay, what do you want me to be? <laughs> all right, headmistress. <laughs> Um, yes, headmistress, whatever you need, headmistress. <laughs> uh, so Michael, like we said, uh, stole this fucking Jeepers Creepers van car, uh, from this family. There was kind of, there was kind of a tense scene. It's oh kind yeah. Of like the, Halloween. The mom's firing off a deuce. Yeah. Halloween 2018 kind of did that, but yeah. they made it more dark, uh, because nobody dies. Michael doesn't kill anybody. Not for a long, He steals long the time. car and doesn't kill anybody. Yeah. So he gets in the car and he finds his way to fucking California. Uh, doesn't ever have to stop for gas, apparently. Nope. <laughs> it's a very, that vehicle uh, gets really good fuel economy. You wouldn't know it from looking at it, but it does. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, he's driving from Illinois to California. He's on Route 66. He's all, get my kicks on Route 66. He knows how to get there. Does he have a fucking map? Who knows? He doesn't have Google. Doesn't have fucking uh, MapQuest. Did he print out <laughs> he the directions on Marion's, Marion's fucking computer? Uh, even if he could, does he know how to use the internet? He's been on the lamb now since 1980 or since 1978. What the hell has he been doing? Yeah. Why didn't he rob Loomis's house years ago? Yeah. The hell's he waiting for? Doing odd jobs around the place, even though he's like fucking burnt (laughs) to a crisp. People are like, yeah, we'll hire you. We're equal opportunity employers. (laughs) Like a lot of this stuff doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. I can get over the fact that Michael doesn't know how to drive because like you can figure that out pretty easily. Maybe you don't know all the rules of the road. uh, Yeah, but I could forgive it. Yeah. But how does he get gas? How does he fucking live? How does he eat? Uh, How does he pay for stuff? Where does he live? Where does where does he live? Where does he sleep? Where does he poop? Yeah. Does he wipe? Uh, with his right hand or his left hand. Yeah. Like, I don't know all this stuff. I want to. <laughs> and does he wipe sitting or standing? What does he do? That's And that's the movie we need is like the 20 years in between Halloween and Halloween H2O. We get the real uh, story of how he defecates. Yeah. The scoop. <laughs> get the, <laughs> the poop scoop. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Michael arrives at the fucking place. He fucking teleports. Like, he pulls this, that, that, uh, that truck up to the gate and Ella Cool J is like, what the hell? And he goes outside and there's nobody in it. How the hell did he yep. get out? Where'd he go? It's a slippery one. Yep. And Ella Cool J has to, of course, open the gate and Michael sneaks through the gate and yeah, gets in. And I then Ella so. Cool J closes the gate, locking everybody in. Oh my God. And uh, Michael is, but we get a couple of like, he's in the background scaring, you know, background scaring, but he never kills Ella Cool J. No, we just see him kind of lurking. And by the way, he never kills LL Cool J. He does J. not. He just lurks around and he's like, well, you're not who I'm looking for, so yeah. I'm just looking for Lori. But I'm not looking just for Lori. I'm going to kill all these kids, too. <laughs> just because, because that's what I do. Yeah. 
there's only four kids there. And now at minute, I believe it's 58. 58. You are correct. We get our first kill since the opening. We get our first kill and it's off screen, by the way. Yes. Oh, I was so pissed off. This is the fourth kill of the movie and only one has been on screen and that was the throat slit. And his death, it's Charlie, by the way, that gets killed here. Mm -hmm. Um, He sees Michael Myers and he's like, oh, uh, hello or something like that or hey who who's this or some shit and then it cuts away and then the next time we see him he's dead like we don't even get yeah. like we don't even see a knife come up and like stab well, and there was this cool scene there was this cool like tense moment where he drop he's going to get a bottle opener or a corkscrew oh, yeah, and, he, and drops he drops it, it in, it in the, the garbage, garbage disposal. disposal yeah and he's fishing his hand around in there yeah and if you've ever put your hand on a garbage disposal, which I have, it's scary, even when you know it's off and you do exactly what he did in the movie. He's like, you keep looking at the switch, like that switch ain't going to move by itself, right? <laughs> I'm not going to chop my hand off. Yeah. Um, but they never capitalize on that. Nope. They never like fucking have Michael turn it on and his hand just. Nope. Now, better to just have him die off camera. Better that way. By, by the way, Charlie was uh, little man Tate in the movie. Little oh, man really? Tate <laughs> with Jodie Foster. Yeah. Crazy kid who i don't know what he could do play bob play i don't know what he, was that with jodie foster little man tate what was that fucking movie yeah jodie foster oh, we should also say at this point um after laurie tells uh will who she is she's like i need to call john and check on him but the, and then she realizes the phone's dead and she's like oh something's going on oh, we gotta fucking fight him and, he, and she sees like oh his backpack is still here his sleeping bag he never left he's on this campus somewhere we got to fucking find him. So she like gets and a she gun. She grabs her gun. <laughs> and so like, and then that's when LL Cool J tells her like, hey, there was this weird car that like pulled up, but I didn't see anybody. So she's like, Michael's here. We got to find him. So the three <laughs> of them are, are trying to find Josh Hartnett. Meanwhile, yep. uh, corkscrew boy uh, just got killed off camera. Little man Tate. Little man Tate gets <laughs> stuffed in a dumb waiter. <laughs> and his girlfriend comes, Sarah. She comes. By the way, way too hot for this kid. Oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah, this guy's a fucking nerd. This this chick was cute. Yep. So she comes looking for him and she's like, Hey, I want to fuck you, but I want to eat first. And then she sees his dead body in the dumbwaiter. She's like, Oh, and then Michael comes after her. <laughs> and she gets in the dumbwaiter. And I did like this. She like rides the dumbwaiter up to like get away from him, like with her boyfriend's corpse in there with her. Yeah. And then she's climbing out of the dumbwaiter and Michael from below slices the rope. So the dumbwaiter comes down and it crushes her fucking leg. Yeah. It breaks her leg real nice. Breaks her leg. So she's crawling. Michael teleports ports up to the second story <laughs> all of a sudden and he's all and he just stabs her <laughs> several times but we don't again we don't see anything i think we just see the stabbing nope. motion but yep we just see no him wounds, stabbing no gore nothing that is the last kill of the movie <laughs> yeah well no no it's not the last kill he does kill adam oh, yes up. yes yes coming up but i think that's it but that that's pretty much it. So Adam Arkin and Jamie Lee Curtis are running through and they got the gun and they see the shape coming towards them. Adam Arkin grabs the gun and he just unloads. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Cause they have a little fight with him. Like we finally get our first glimpse of Michael Myers and they like fend him off. Yeah. Oh, cause they find, they find their Michael, son. Michael is chasing Josh Hartnett and Michelle yeah. Williams. Right. And he has stabbed Josh Hartnett in the leg. And so they're hobbling along and they get, this is actually kind of a cool scene. Yeah, they yeah, get the, the, on the other side of this gate yeah. and Michael just reaches through and he's like swatting at him. And he's so close. Like he's just out of reach. Yeah. Michelle Williams dropped her keys on the other side of the gate and the door's locked. So Michael picks it up and he's like, he knows what key it is apparently. So he's going to open up the door. And that's when Jamie Lee Curtis opens the other door. 
from the inside. And this is kind of a cool shot because we see Jamie Lee Curtis kind of come into frame where her head is now in the window of the door and we see her yeah. and Michael Myers make eye Michael. contact. And it's like, that's the first yep. time they've seen For each other For the first in time years. in 20 years. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, oh, fuck. So she opens the door, they get in, and then, yeah, Michael gets in and then we've got a little skirmish, but they get away. They get away and then they see the shape coming. So Adam Arkin just unloads the gun. Well, it turns out it's LL Cool J. Yep. And he's, he's just laying there in a pool of blood. And they're like, oh, fuck. Like, fuck. He's dead. And then Michael comes and he uh, kills Adam Arkin. He stabs him in the back and, and like, like lifts, lifts him, him up, up a little bit. That's kind of yep. cool. Like blood comes out and of his like, mouth and stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, doing the little twitching. fish flop in the air. Yep. <laughs> yep. So Jamie Lee Curtis is like, I ain't got time to cry over this shit. I'm running. So she runs and hides. I was looking hides. for a way to get out of that relationship anyway. To be honest. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like it was really going yeah. nowhere. She runs. She tells the kids, let's go. Yeah, they get, get the keys, in the car. They get into her car and they drive. And then she gets to the gate and she lets the kids leave. And she's like, you guys go down to the uh, Becker's house, which is kind of funny because. Yeah, kind of a nod to scream. Yeah. Yeah. It's Casey. Uh, Casey uh, Becker. Becker. Yeah. It's also a throwback to uh, what she tells the kids in 1978 Halloween. She says, go across the street to the McKenzie's house. Yeah. But she says, go across the street, down the street to the Becker's house. Also, and, uh, call the cops. Another similar nod that uh, uh, there's a part in the movie where Scream 2 is on in the background, which is kind of interesting because oh, Scream yeah. Halloween's on in the background. Full yeah. circle. By the way, it originally wasn't supposed to. It's not Scream 2 that they're watching in the original movie. They put that in. They superimposed that oh, in they? afterwards. Yeah, they were watching something else. I forget what it was, but it was like Plan 9 from Outer Space or oh, some okay. shit like that. I don't know what it was, uh, but they changed it. Um, that's just something I read. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, they're, uh, they so she stays back. Go. She's like, I got to take this guy on. This is where we get this. Uh, Michael Myers is also superhuman. Uh, we know this <laughs> anyway. But he like can do a one-handed pull-up, and he's also hanging up there just waiting for her to arrive one-handed. And then uh, she walks by him, and he slowly lowers himself with his one hand. He's very strong. And, and it's kind of a cool scene, though. It, it looks looks cool. And Lori's just walking around with an axe, and she's like, Michael! Michael! Yeah. <laughs> so they fight. She axes him in the shoulder. I think yeah, he stabs her in the arm or slashes her. And then they have a little cat and mouse thing going on. Yep, and uh, she shoves him off of a balcony through a table in the cafeteria. Yeah, and she stabs him a bunch. She stabs him a bunch of times. She's going to stab him one final time, and then LL Cool J comes up, and he's like, no, he's dead, he's dead. It's like, motherfucker, what? And how are you not dead? Yeah. Because, spoiler, later in the movie, LL Cool J's on the phone with his wife. He's like, hey, baby, uh, ah, the bullet just grazed me. He's like, my ass, it just grazed you. You, That pool of blood that you're in was huge. And you were unresponsive. Dude, I told you Tupac was originally going to play this. And remember, Tupac got shot like 108 <laughs> times and still lived. That's true. Before he got shot and died. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so he's still alive. So Lori uh, was going to stab him for good. And then he stops him, which I didn't understand because it's like, let her stab him. I'd just be like, yeah, yep, keep going, girl. <laughs> what the fuck? If he's already dead, he's let already me dead. keep stabbing. Yeah, I stab got a lot of pent matter. up aggression. <laughs> The cops and the ambulances are all there. Of course, everybody's got the blankets wrapped around them. Josh Hartnett's getting his wounds treated and stuff. And Lori looks at everything and she's like, fuck this. So she grabs one of the cops' gun and she steals the ambulance in Dude, which no, uh, Michael. She steals did. the coroner's van. So Michael has already been coroner's declared van. dead, placed in a fucking body bag, and is in the van of the coroner. And she's like, nope, he's not dead. And she's right. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> she steals it. 
she drives she's driving and michael does he sits up in the body bag unzips himself (laughs) and starts attacking her she slams into a tree his body goes she like slams the brakes and like ejects him through the window which i thought was kind of smart yeah that's that's what happens and and then he stands up and she rams into it yeah and they go off the side of this like cliff like like, like into a ravine or some shit into a ravine and the van slams into um michael and pins him against a tree right yep and she gets thrown from the van and she's got the axe and she goes up to him and he's like looking at her and he like reaches his hand out and she goes to touch it like kind of feeling some sympathy for him yep yeah their hands almost touch and then she's like fuck this and she grabs the axe and she swings chops the motherfucker's head right off Yep, it's pretty cool. We see his head roll and like his eyes kind of stop in front of the camera. Yep. It's like, oh, nice. Roll credits. That's it. Yep. <laughs> this is a very abrupt ending. Sirens approach and she closes her eyes and cuts to black. Roll credits. And we get like 30 seconds of like the Halloween theme and then it turns into What's This Life For by Creed, making this the <laughs> most 90s movie ever made. <laughs> So, uh, Michael would come back in Halloween Resurrection, which at the time, Jamie Lee Curtis said, I want to do this movie, but I want Michael to die. And I don't want there to be a sequel. And then uh, they were like, well, we got to leave it open for a sequel. She says, how about this? If you can come up with a way that the audience won't know that there can be a sequel, but you guys know how you're going to do it. I'll do it. And so they came up with this head chopping off bit and everything. So everybody thinks Michael's dead, right? I remember when I saw this in 98, David, I was like, it's over. Yeah, I did the same thing. Well, that's that. Uh, He doesn't have a head anymore. So that's going to make killing difficult. But in Halloween Resurrection, which we'll review eventually. I don't even know if we'll review it eventually. I tried watching (laughs) it not that long ago and I had turned it off. (laughs) That's another one I haven't seen since the theater. And I remember hating it when I saw it. But they did make sense of the they head did. chopping. They explained thing, it away. And it ends up not being Michael. He does a Hannibal Lecter move. Yep, and the person is mute. Apparently, couldn't be like, "Hey." <laughs> well, they explain it. They explain it. They he like he like disabled his tongue or something. Yeah, yeah. He made he, it so the oh, guy couldn't talk. Like, yeah, he does something with his vocal cords. But it's very Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Um, it's, it's ridiculous, is what see. it is. It is ridiculous, but they were thinking ahead. So I will give them credit on that. Like they, it wasn't a retcon. It was something that they thought of in advance just to, if the movie was a success, they're going to make a sequel. And they did, (laughs) which almost killed the franchise, by the way, Halloween resurrection. I would, I would venture to guess. Yeah, It's so bad. So we both talked about our impressions of this movie when we first saw it in 98 and how we were both stoked to see it. We both left the theater loving it. David, it's been 25 years since you last saw this movie in its entirety yeah dude and that made me feel old thinking about how (laughs) more time has passed between h2o and now than the original halloween and h2o it's crazy (laughs) but yeah man this movie's bad um that opening scene though we said it before i'll say it again it still holds up i i like the opening scene i do think the newspaper article stuff and all that's kind of goofy Uh, and cheap but whatever um the rest of the movie is ridiculous the plot is dumb we don't give we we don't give a shit about any of these characters nobody's interesting or really likable aside from maybe a little cool jay's got a little bit of the comic relief but the biggest thing that this movie has is boring as hell like nothing happens like in a halloween movie a slasher movie there needs to be 
kills like at a comfortable clip there should be things happening you know every 10 minutes or so but like we get this long gap like the first 10 minutes are pretty action-packed and then you got to go another 45 minutes or so before anything 50, happens almost 50 almost 50 minutes till you get another yeah, and kill. if you're gonna have that much build up the kills better be on point and better be amazing and they're not the kills suck no because then you go 50 minutes right the movie's only 86 86 minutes long at the hour mark is when the next kill starts from the from the beginning credits. So now you got 26 minutes left and only three Meyer, Michael yeah. Myers kills. And the best David. kill in the movie is uh, the girlfriend. What's her name? Sarah, I think was her name. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah. you know, the dumb waiter like smashes on her. Like she gets the best kill. And even that one's off camera. Um, and then he like hangs her from a light fixture or something later, which was kind of cool. But that's another problem is like the best kill is a character that we really know the least about. Like, yeah. It's just dumb. The, the body count is low. It's ridiculous. I said the mask look ridiculous. Um, why are the eye holes so big? Like I can see his, his <laughs> eyes and the skin next to his eyes. <laughs> Like yeah, my problem big. is like we don't see enough of Michael, and then when we do see him, we wish we saw physically less of him. It's like why yeah. am I seeing so much of him? And then like he's always in the light. This is just a bad movie. But I had to think back on the other ones that we've reviewed, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of bad ones in this series. And I don't think it's as bad as the worst ones, yes. but it's close. So I think the lowest I've given on some of these others is like one and a half. So I'm gonna go with a very generous two. Okay. But I, I would never go higher than that, and I would not recommend this movie. Agreed. I wouldn't recommend anybody watch this movie either. However, I probably should give this less, but I was looking back at some of our other Halloween reviews, and I was like, you know, I put this on par, I, on par as far as score goes, but I would watch this other one first. I put this on par with Halloween 4. I thought the same thing, and I agree. I would watch part 4 before I would watch this one again. Yes. So I gave it the same rating as I gave Halloween four, which was one and a half. Okay. Because four is, I, I, I'll watch it, but when I watch it, I'm kind of like, meh, it's, it's kind of dumb fucking two. And I gave four, two and a half. So I think four is a little bit better than this one. I was going to say the same thing. However, I didn't want to give this one one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I don't think it's a one head. It's, it's one and a half. Yeah. Cause it's not awful. It's just boring. It, it is. And and that's the thing I'll say about it is like, I don't mind the dialogue. It's not that cheesy. The story is a little far-fetched, but it's a Michael Myers movie. Like, okay, I, I don't give a fuck. Um, and it was the 90s. This is the type of movie that was being made. Like, you couldn't oh, yeah. make this, this same movie now and have people go, oh, wow, that was really good. But in 1998, people were going, wow, that's really good. The Halloween movies that we've gotten in the past five years have been fucking superior to any of these uh, by leaps and bounds. Uh, but but also in 1998, that's how it was. But I'm also 2023, Brett. I got to watch it like that. And I, I prefer not to watch this movie at all. The last 15 minutes are pretty okay. Yeah, first 15 minutes, last 15 minutes. There's your movie. Yeah, it's the middle 50 minutes that just fucking are... It is. It's just boring. And it's just... It's, it's regurgitating everything from the first two movies. Right. You got similar shots of Michael across the street when the girl's in, in high school and she looks out the window. You got similar shots of, um, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis walking down the road, uh, you know, and there's trick-or-treaters walking by her, like, in the first one. I don't know. It's just yeah, it's too yeah. much of an homage. Yeah, it's meant to be nods, but it just comes across as tired. 
And maybe in the first Halloween movie, I'm trying to think back to that, the John Carpenter one, maybe their kills don't come fast and furious in that either. And there's not a lot of them also, because now that I think back of it, I think there's only like three kills. Yeah, but the first one's just got more atmosphere and mood, and it's just a better better. movie. (laughs) That is the first one. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so 1.75 overall, uh, Pamela Voorhees heads. It's a turd. It is. Flush it. (laughs) Flush it. Let's move on. Let's move on to Busta Rhymes and Tyra Banks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So uh, that's it. That's a that's a two hour episode of the Swear Wolves for you. Um, I guess we'll have more coming up soon. Yeah. Whenever we want to. Yeah, I'm still I'm still in the mood. Yeah. So if you have any suggestions or want to get in contact, uh, want to get in contact with us, you can uh, through our various social media presence. Uh, Dude, yeah, there's so many, and I think we've even added some. Like we're on Blue Sky now. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Just search is. the swear wolves on like whatever social media platform you're on. Other or just go to theswearwolves.com. Yeah. And say, or on Instagram where the swear wolves podcast, like every other platform, just search the swear wolves. Yeah. Um, all of the links are on theswearwolves.com. Uh, we have a YouTube channel that I haven't been updating. Um, but maybe I'll start doing that more so too, cause it's just time yeah. and energy. Yeah, I'm Desire. in the same boat. I've thought of a couple video ideas, but yeah, laziness wins. <laughs> laziness <laughs> always wins out over uh, activeness. But I, I've been busy doing other things, David. I've been busy. Like, I wrote a screenplay. I've been rewriting that said screenplay uh, multiple times. I think I'm on my 10th iteration of oh, it nice. at this point. And uh, I, I started writing another one uh, that uh, is also a, a horror movie. Dude, you should so, hand it off to Kevin Williamson and then fuck him over. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the rewrites. <laughs> Not gonna give you credit right. You didn't, didn't write thirty three percent of it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I got that that I'm working on. I know you've been working on music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing released, but just you know, working on stuff, keeping busy. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping keeping ourselves busy. So, um, but reach out to it, us if you want to on social media. But oh yeah, uh, we got the voicemail that's still active too. Six two three two eight two one eight five one. Yeah. Uh, So, until we see you again, for the Swearwolves, I'm Brett. I'm David. See if oh, I remember how to man. do this, David. Ugh. Oh God, oh, so rusty. Oh, I'm so scared. Get a little, little drinky poo. Get some of that high quality H two. Oh yeah. <laughs>